destination. Rightfully so. Are Oof. we recording? I don't. Uh, your red's off. It's another, uh, oh! <clears throat> Until the red comes on, I don't say my line. Yeah. You're not listening to a podcast right yep. now. Nope. Yeah, we're just going to All right, well, I'm going to start. You're not listening to anything. Shut up, the podcast is starting. Okay. Oh, here we go. Welcome. Oh, my gosh. Everyone. Welcome back to another episode of... Um, celluloid celluloid breakdown. breakdown. Do you not know the name of this fucking podcast? <laughs> I'm the big picture guy. There you go. <laughs> well, that voice you just heard was Tim Snow. Hey, guys. And next to him is Derek Laporte. Hey. And next to him, Sean Fall. Sean Fall. And I'm Joey Bonnier. So <laughs> what we watched today, gentlemen, mm. is Singing in the Rain. Singing and dancing. In the rain. In the yep. rain. I'm just. I really. <laughs> it does kind of require the uh, yeah musicality. Yeah. It is our first musical. Um. Yeah, that's true. It was. Yeah. It was. Also, our second with color. Mm, true. Is it, is it mm. only our second color picture? Yeah. What was so. the other one? Oh no, it, Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Third. What was, what was the other one? Vertigo. Oh yeah, Vertigo. Right, Vertigo's right in color. Vertigo. And then this is our third. I don't. It's our third. Sing in the rain. Vertigo. Vertigo. Stagecoach, no. Robin. Ah, see, yeah. I wasn't there for Robin Hood. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that we Derek, have that to be figured out. Yeah. Let's start off with a little sadness here. What's your first impressions of this movie? <laughs> um, so I've seen it before, but. Mm, spoiler alert. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of musicals, really. So it's not probably going to be the fairest critique. Um, but I think that it is, has the barest story to it, <laughs> like practically no story. Um, it's very long for what it is. And I, yeah, there's periods in which I'm very bored. Mm. Um, but I know it takes a lot of talent to have done the things that they did. I just don't care. Yeah. So that's pretty much my first impression. <laughs> Okay, uh, Sean, uh, let's go to Tim. Were I to distill it down, I, like, what happened? Like, I just, I had not seen the film before. I had mm. not seen the picture. Mm. I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm a musical fella. I've not seen enough musicals to really say anything with weight. But, uh, I mean, it was like, it, it was, it, I mean, this movie's the American eight and a half. <laughs> it, it like Wait, what happened? Eight and a half. Huh? I was thinking eight mile. What, what? <laughs> I, I like I like you eight and a half better. You can't see my reaction to that. <laughs> what? And I can't really describe my reaction to that. Yeah. But no, it was like I, I just levels uh, of confusion. <laughs> I, I just uh, it, this movie was it was manic. <laughs> it like made me nervous mm. at times. Mm. Gotcha. Um, it uh, it holy shit. Um, Gene Kelly's a fine looking guy, you know, <laughs> he, he got a great smile, mm. but whole, ish. if you had to guess how old he is in this movie, how old would you say he is? I would say he's 38. Okay. Yeah. Apparently uh, he was, I, I would say he's 45. He's 42. He, I think he's right at 40 in this. Right at like 40. he's either, he's either at 40 or 39. That one or the other. That's a lot of fucking, that's a lot of great movement from yeah. a 40 year old dude. It's true, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, him and uh, and Donald Donald O'Connor is the he's the littler fellow, right? Yeah, Yeah. not really, but yeah, they play him as littler. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, whatever. But yeah, no, he he he. uh, How old was he in this picture? Oh, I I'm not sure. I assume they're similar in age. Similar in age. Yeah, I think that I think that I only notice it when he's dancing. Like I only found myself noticing it when he's dancing with the the dream within the dream sequence mm. with the girl because she looks so much younger than he does. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. so yeah. much younger. He's 13 um, years younger. Donald. Donald? Oh, wow. Donald's 13. Wow. Okay, yeah. so... His knees sense. were, like... So, yeah, yeah. Gene Kelly's, like, there was the that. elderly person there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, he directed the picture as well, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Figured That's that true. out about two seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, but he, direct, he co-directed it, so... Yeah. What's uh, Stanley Doran? Donan. 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 My bad. Fucking Donan. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, there, it was it was just, it was it was manic. Didn't really understand what was going on. Story was massively incoherent to me. Um, but it, uh, I laughed a lot. Mm. I laughed a lot. I was really, you know, I really didn't think I was going to enjoy it. You know, the, make like, them uh, laugh. Make them laugh. That, this, make them. That scene was mm-hmm. a seizure. <laughs> it Hold was on. a fucking seizure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get into scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not agree. All right. Uh, Sean Fa, first impressions? Um, well, I'm the one that uh, forced you guys to watch this movie. Um, I have seen this before, and um, I still fucking love this goddamn movie. Um, this is a... Uh, a, it, this is a, one of my favorites. Um, it is just a happy little fucking romp that is a nice little peek behind the curtain of Hollywood history. It's just snarky enough to be amusing and entertaining and still funny. And like all of the the sort of bullshit and shenaniganery that they play out throughout like the Hollywood system, it's still all fucking there and all in full force. And it's just amazing to me to see all of that stuff just cycling and repeating constantly. I love it. Interesting take. <laughs> um, we'll get more into that later. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to have to do something I rarely like to do. And that's agree with Sean Fong. Whoa. Wow. Because this movie Tables divided. is delightful. <laughs> this movie's wonderful. Uh uh, oh, that's there's, not there's fair. A, that's, oh. that's not fair at you, you all. You have yeah. all the boobs right in front of you. I don't know Where's the, the boob button. They're all labeled. I don't know. I, I, like, I can't find labeled. labeling oh, buttons for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> can you please stop the drops? Can I give you my first impressions, please? Jeez. <laughs> all right, that, I, I'm done. I'm I done. shouldn't have shown them the buttons. <laughs> what now we you know. You've unleashed monsters. Now I know how to do a foghorn. <laughs> The sad trombone's coming up, guys. Okay, so (laughs) I do think that it has boring moments, Mm. but you guys are wrong with the story. Yeah. You're wrong. There's got good story. There's got great character arcs. I mean, they're right. It could be cut down to like 25 minutes of a movie of story. There we go. (laughs) It's a musical. It's a musical, guys. They have to have musical numbers. That's the point. If you don't like musicals, okay, that's fine. You don't like musicals. Yeah, but they could relate to the story is my issue. They did. I don't know what you're talking Uh, about. I don't think that all of them did. Not all of them did. Yeah, not all of them And I just got to throw it out now. Singing in the Rain was... Uh, This is one of the reasons that I like that. I don't really like musicals, but I mean, you know, that whatever. But one of the reasons I really like this musical is the way that they incorporate the music into like the manicness and insanity of these characters. So like there's the Moses supposes scene where they are fucking like doing this crazy charade around this dude who is just 
fucking confused. Like he is a normal dude. It's not like a regular musical where everyone all of a sudden turns and everyone becomes part of this fucking, you know, ridiculousness. This is like two people just fucking around in front of some dude that's just super confused and like a real regular person. And to me, that was, you know, a real big division with this movie and a lot of other musicals I've seen that like, it it breaks that fourth wall. It take doesn't take itself seriously, but it does at times. And like I don't know, it's a nice balance. Yeah, I I didn't see La La Land. I'm back at, yeah. but I bet this is what La La Land wished it could be. Um, I liked well, for one. Okay, we just got to talk about this the story first because we'll talk about the music and the sound later because that was all glorious and all. But I do think Debbie Reynolds was charming as fuck, especially that scene where they were just talking about movies versus theater Mm -hmm. and the difference between a movie actor and a theater actor. It had all these meta moments. It was clever dialogue. She was the winner in that scene. I loved it. I thought, and she's great. And he was great. And they just were feeding off each other. And they were talking about how acting was dialogue. And there was a great scene with them between. So they had these great moments of character building between them early on. Uh, she, there's just so many levels to everything just yeah. because it's like the inception of it all. Like, it does get manic yeah, yeah. and that's for sure, but you just have to let it go. And if you can just go with the flow and enjoy it and just enjoy it for what it is, it's, it's really lovely. It's a delight. It's, it's like everything is happy. I couldn't help but smiling yeah. even when I'm like trying not to be a goofy smiler. I was just happy in some of these moments, even though I knew it was cheesy. Like I've seen the singing in the rain moment. I didn't know it ended with his little cop encounter at the end, which was extra special. So there was all these little moments to me that I was like, wow, that's uh, everything tied together well. I thought, I didn't think the music was very superfluous. I thought it kind of did tie together with each scene. So I was into it. Um, To me, this movie is candy. Like it's not not a fucking like Thanksgiving dinner of like, you know, a uh, Hitchcock or something, but it is like fucking enjoyable. The- Tagline on top says, what a glorious feeling. And I think that's true. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. it makes, must make you feel good. Yep. It's a feel-good movie, and it was nice. It was nice to say. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Sean, why don't you give us a little rundown of the story? Uh, that shouldn't be too hard. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. We, we uh, basically start with uh, uh, Gene Kelly, and um, what's the uh, the actress that uh, plays his counterpart? Lena. Um, but, the, I mean, the, the actual actress behind the Lena role. There, she's a real person, Joey. She's not just Lena. Jean yeah. Hagen. Jean and Jean. Jean Hagen. Jean and Jean. Jean and Jean. Jean and Jean. Jean and Jean. Is it Jean and Jean? Jean and Jean. Weird, different spelling, though. Hagen. Jean Kelly Jean. and Jean Hagen. You don't I find anything it. odd about that. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, All right. Okay. <laughs> I did. Thank you, Mr. Don't Snow. Don't think it's that funny. Uh, so Gene and Gene are uh, at their premiere of their movie, and uh, they are the Hollywood sensations, and everyone is cheering for them. Uh, we find out that they are the stars of the silent era of films, and we get a little history about uh, uh, Mr. Gene Kelly going back through his, uh, uh, what does he refer to it? His dignity. Uh, always dignity. Uh, basically, his backstory is uh, coming up through vaudeville in all sorts of non-dignity while he keeps t- saying the word dignity and uh, gets through some shenanigans, ends up in Hollywood as a stunt person, and even less dignity ensues. Uh, he all of a sudden becomes a star and he is opposed or put together with Lena, uh, who is the other gene to his gene. And uh, they become the big Hollywood stars, come back to the premiere and present day. 
Um, basically, that movie is a pretty decent release, but just afterwards, uh, the, the jazz singer is released, and it is a big hit, and all of a sudden, everyone's talking talkies, and uh, everyone wants a talkie, everyone wants a sound movie, everyone wants to make the sound movies and put them out, because that's what the kids want these days. So they put together like this weird little montage of like uh, a bunch of randomness of like what Hollywood threw at the screen of sound and whatnot. And in that time, they are shutting down production on the the Dueling Cavalier, which is the next big picture for the jeans. And uh, they are going to turn it into a talkie. Uh, the big problem is Mrs. Jean. What the fuck is her name? Lena. Lena Lamont. Just call Lena her Lena. Lamont. Sorry, jeez, man. Lena Lamont. So Lena Lamont, uh, it has a voice like uh, shards of glass on a chalkboard. Um, it is a uh, dialect to match, <clears throat> and uh, it is shards of glass. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rather horrific. So they come up with the ingenious plan of uh, replacing her voice with Debbie Reynolds, which you know, replacing anything with Debbie Reynolds is probably a good idea. But uh, they go on through and they make the movie. Uh, lots of music and whatnot in between. Lena gets pissed when she finds out that they replaced her voice, but then she realizes that the love that is going on between uh, Gene Kelly and uh, Debbie Reynolds is not something that she wants uh, to happen. So she decides to sideline her and, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. They try and fucking shut it down. And then at the end, they pull the rug under out from under Lena and they show the world that it is her horrible voice and Debbie Reynolds is the actual star. And all of this in just one hour and 42 minutes. <laughs> yep. And then they pull back and we see that it's singing in the rain, the movie. And <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it's really good. Incepted the whole time. Well, okay. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, I, I threw it to you like the story, but really what you're doing is the plot is the, the specific points of the plot. It's, it's, it is slightly different because yeah, the story is definitely overall more bigger picture. Yeah. And, it's a I, documentary I, about Hollywood. And I, I just want to turn to you, it's Tim. It's a movie about movies. Because, let's be honest, Tim. I am the big picture guy. Right, Derek? Isn't and, that right? That's right. You're the you big so? picture guy. Let's I'm see the, the big picture here. Why, what? <laughs> Either way, uh, uh, throw it at me. Sock it to me, if you will. You what's said the big picture? Yeah, what, what's the big what picture? The big and picture? maybe what, what didn't you like about this story? What didn't I like about this story? Um, I not mean, like I, a Hollywood story. It was a fine enough story. Uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing like a a movie about making movies. You don't love a movie about is a it, movie. Is it a Hollywood story though? Like, I mean, it's about Hollywood, but is it a Hollywood story? You tell me, Derek. What is a Hollywood story? In Rags your to riches. Rags to riches. What do we mm. see in this film for the most part? Well, that the Hollywood story has already happened. He's already yeah. had his. What rags about to has, it's well, in a the, flashback, the riches right? have to have to take a long, hard look at rags. Yeah, yeah. before yeah. they return to riches. Yeah. by so, being crafty. Sometimes ah, there's a hottie so in those rags. Riches and riches. Go yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, it's a fantastic documentary about uh, uh, the the transition from uh, from silent films to talkies. You and know, maybe some people had annoying and voices. Also points out that uh, yeah, you know, because I mean yeah. that actually was a big problem, was a problem. Uh, in the in the transition between uh, you know betwixt silent films and uh, and talkies. You know, a lot of silent film stars found out that they couldn't couldn't do that kind of acting. Couldn't have and, it. And all of a sudden they were just out of uh, out of a job. Yep. You know? Yeah. And almost every single one of them committed suicide. Really? Yeah. Fact. Wow. Fact. Uh, 
But uh, probably, <laughs> probably at least one of them. I, yes, <laughs> one, of them you know? one of them. I think, guys, I think there's a way to view this story as Lena as the protagonist. Really? And that she accomplishes what she wants to and eventually achieves her goal of independence with using her lawyer and that lawsuit <laughs> yeah, and gaining yeah. control of really technically of the entire studio. It's yeah. a feminist story. It's, it's kind of a prequel to Carrie in that way. Mm. But she's really, I mean, she got pied in the face. She did. You know, yeah. yeah. She just all she wanted was that woman to not be on her set, and I kind of understand that she got pied in the face for no reason. <laughs> she did, she did. I'm just gonna say I'm on Lena's side for this. Wrong one. place wow. at the wrong time. Team Lena. I don't know whose side I'm on because I was very confused about what was happening for the vast majority of the film. Mm. Really? There, there would be like I don't know. I just I didn't. I maybe I'm not a musical guy. I get it. Like I'm glad that there was tap. I would have been very <laughs> upset if there hadn't been tap. I didn't realize how important tap dancing was to me in a musical until yeah. until tonight. Yeah, but uh, uh, they, they just the, uh, the 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 Inception scene, the dream within a dream. Yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who was the Bond villain? Yeah, what was with the Scarface. coins? Scarface. Yeah, Scarface. Scarface. Okay, yeah. sure. That but, whole dance scene where like. Where like it's just some random guy and like the girls, the beautiful and, girls, yeah, the beautiful girls mm -hmm. and the random guy that we haven't seen before. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is yeah. going it, it on? Like no, this is it had not no necessary with the film, and right, because right. then later right. she, I, I realized that Debbie Reynolds is in that thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. That is completely unnecessary. For what Why? happens plot-wise, that is completely She's, unnecessary. It's All part he of has, her... We've already seen her dance before. We've already seen her in a scene in which she yeah. danced. He's already in love with her. All she has to do is be present but, there. And okay, we so don't have is, to have this whole like long thing. We do. There's because you it's, three minutes, five uh, minutes off of the runtime oh of Oh my God, thing. five minutes. You can't watch five minutes. It's an homage it's to that style of filmmaking. Yeah. And it's actually they, they making fun said, of it. Well, they literally said, we, we've made a new style of movie here. We've created something new. Like they were, this is when sound just came yeah, out. Yeah, and I understand and, the justification in the film for it, but mm -hmm. I, as a viewer, cannot justify oh, no, that being It's there. not a great dance scene and it's not the yeah. best number in the movie. Right. It's not the best song so, sequence. It is like, it is certainly a filler as far as musical numbers yeah. go. It's meeting a quota. Yeah. Right, right. And That's unfortunately, yeah, one of the problems I do have with this movie is there are a, a few of those musical numbers that are superfluous. Some Just of the, a uh, few. Um, I disagree. Run I disagree. I think that one yeah. might be, it's but a it's short not. Film I, they, I think that one is just like... It's about the transition between uh, silent films to talking. Right, right, no, I think that one is just poorly choreographed. I think that oh, one is really? just... Of, I think it is... A, it's, it's not the same, yeah. It it has it, it is so different than everything else in the movie up to that point. But I think that's that the point. It's making oh, fun much, of it. It is, but it is. I I think it's it. There isn't any hook for the audience, though. It's all new people. There are we don't have any of the characters bringing that fun lovingness that they had in the other musical scenes. I'll buy that. This is a straight up like directly out of old school musical scene, and to me, that's like why it kind of falls apart, falls yeah. a little flat in this movie that is like kind of trying to turn the whole thing on its head. Again, with such I'll a bear still, story, I you have to like focus on those things. Yeah, like. 
If you I'll don't, it. it's, it's just it's nice, it's nice pageantry. It's beautiful. It's I know, nice dancing. I, know, I, I mean, it. you like the dancing. Uh, it's fine. But but I'm saying it has no, like, there's I, no weight to that scene. I get it. Scene. It's, it's I think, not bad. It's the weakest link, though. I get yeah. I, I think that's what I'm trying to, I think, thank you, Sean. I think that you're focusing on the weakest link. And that's the other songs I could go through them because I list them. I think they're mm-hmm. all fantastic. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I think I could listen to this soundtrack. Um, I don't want to talk about that yet. I still yeah. think the inception but, part is kind of weird too because yeah. we we see the whole thing and then we have the guy like we see the whole thing but so we, for- we know what it looks like and everything and then they cut back to him and he's like oh I'll just have to see it on film I won't be able to visualize it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I don't think it's done for that joke. I think it's for that joke. First level, it exists for that single joke. Well, I think. no, I mean, it I mean because they needed to fill time for with a yeah. music number. Yeah, and like, that's also the one where Gene Kelly really gets maybe to you, shine. Yeah, like, maybe you cut those two out. It's not a feature length film, even. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, you know? no, like I said, it's a twenty-five minute movie. If you cut out the musicals, like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a short, but it's you know, yeah. that's the style of the time. <laughs> Speaking of the time. Up historical context, no. Yeah. Uh, what year was this? Nineteen fifty-two. Fifty-two. Mm. Well, it is that we're coming out of a war. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's obviously we're after a war. we keep talking American about World War II. Booming, trying to get happy again. You know. Yeah, we've dropped a couple a bombs. Yeah, just a couple. Taxing the rich at ninety percent. Mm-hmm. I think this is also Red Scare. <laughs> this is Red Scare, and it's also Nuclear Scare. Mm. We're in the high throes of the Cold War, so it's it is make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh because you don't want to cry, kind of thing. Yeah. And I get that, and I I think that this is just a kind of a happy go lucky piece, and I I'd liked it again. I don't Do think there's any... a layer in there of that. Is there anything in there that references that? Well, that there's a dark that... sense of humor to this movie. There okay. is, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in Hollywood it's not specifically in red, red Scare, but it is, uh, there is a layer of um, everything is a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, from the beginning, when he's talking about dignity, and he's going back and, you know, you're seeing yeah. what his, you know, tongue-in-cheek version of dignity, and he's like, through smiling teeth and gleaming eyes, just lying blatantly to the public about everything he did to get where he was. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, to me, it's just a perfect allegory for everything that is Hollywood. Yeah, I think where you are, it's it's a perfect point to look back at the last 20 years of the filmmaking industry and the star system and to the perfect time to parody it. I think you can do that with, you know, going 20 years back anytime because now you have the technology to mm-hmm. do it too. So they can kind of show what it was like to make a movie back then. And I thought that was, it was sweet. It, again, it was all paying homage to it and parody, parodying it at the same time. So I thought it was a, a nice perfect moment to do that uh any later on and you kind of get the audience is like what the fuck is this what you know we yeah but i think it was uh i don't know it's right in that sweet spot anywho uh is, i mean just since we're talking about it and probably there's no other place the make them laugh fucking um oh yeah Donald the seizure Donner. yeah Holy cow. He would be the worst friend to have in the fucking world. Yeah, well. <laughs> he broke I, a wall. He did. He yeah. broke a, yeah. a set wall. He is wonderful. Oh, my God. He, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I guys. the part where he's, Honestly, like, he's like, that was yeah. dancing so frenetically at one point that all he can do to top himself is lay on the floor and run in circles. Yep. He was a genius. Yeah, that was, that's like something you won't see uh, ever again. Yeah. You yeah, can see no it. You I can see how many it takes that any 
any insane asylum. Anywhere. <laughs> no anyway, fucking way. Yeah, all no you fucking do, way. All you Could they play the piano a, like push that? a man or a woman to the brink and then watch them break and you have make them laugh. Wait, how many he, takes do you think that is that he's, he's done this before? I don't know. I don't know how his fucking knees survived. Well, yeah. probably, probably one take with a thousand take, months but, of fucking rehearsal and okay. choreography. Yeah, just probably. the usage of his hand and taking his hat off yeah. is a master class. Yep. You could just focus on that. The whole, the whole mm. bit with the fucking uh, mannequin puppet thing when he's flapping that around. And it's just like everything he does is so effortless but has a a very specific specificity to it. Um, you know, it's, it's just almost it, it, to me, I think it is easy to disregard because they make it look so effortless. They make it look like anyone can do it, but to dance with comedic timing, it like to have comedic timing at all sure. is fucking magic in itself. But to be able to like dance and like incorporate comedic timing into that, I think is just another level that we don't see anywhere. Plus, yeah. when well, you Derek, when you, you know the joke is coming, yep. it, it takes away a lot of the humor. So you have to be doubly as funny yeah. because he's making fun of the slapstick stuff. And when he's running into the wall and fixing his face, yep. he has to be extra. Sp- special when he does it and he is and to make it funny so, and not a uh, wire or a knee pad or like, yeah <laughs> again just a master class i mean i think he's i think he's on par with gene kelly in this movie i know you love gene kelly you you, <laughs> I mean, you love the lead in every flavors. movie i don't know if gene kelly can play the piano like that yeah yeah i it is different flavors but i think that in that thing he's on par with him really? and that's yeah i think so because i mean you know i i don't know i at least i at least like watched that whole thing. Well, I mean, watched the whole movie, but well, that's what I, th- I my, think he's my way thing better is, than Gene Kelly. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, it's I, technically, technically speaking, I think that m- maybe he might be. I, I, it depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, just from that scene to from me, that he fucking yeah. Yeah. Like, from that yeah, talent wise, he's out. Maybe. He's out of this world. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's some of the like. He's a triple threat. Like he could sing better than anyone. He could dance right. better than anyone, and he can pretty much act funny better. And than to, he just I, didn't I, look as good. Well, yeah, I can't, exactly. His face wasn't as perfect. He can't be the serious hero. Got red hair. But I, I yeah. can't stress enough how much that extra element of comedy is that extra defining point that very few people can actually make happen. Like Gene Kelly is, I think that's the thing missing. Like Gene Kelly does his good dancing and whatnot then he'll like make his snarky comment and like his you know mugging to the camera sort of thing and that works for him but i think yeah o'connor just has that extra bit of magic that like very few people possess he did win a golden globe for best performance by an actor in a comedy or musical yeah yeah, I mean, I, Golden Globe only? No fucking. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find I, out about Oscars, but and and again, <laughs> spoiler. I you wow. know I can't say any like the technical stuff in this thing's amazing. Yeah. All the choreography is mm-hmm. amazing. All that stuff's great and everything. My that's not my issue with the film. Sure, you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that you know all all three of them are really great. Like dancing, singing, everything that's they have to do in the film. They're doing good jobs. You know. Yeah. Um. Do you think all if this movie them, actually, I guess, because she's movie, Jean's pretty good too. The other Jean, Jean and Jean, and Jean and Jean's good. Which Jean? The the Lena Jean. Oh, Jean. Jean Lena Jean. Yeah. I think there's a version of this movie, and maybe it is La La Land. Honestly, I didn't see La La Land, it, where it focuses on Debbie Reynolds. I can character. tell you it's not, because La La Land is worse than this film. Right. By a by a long shot. That's what by I a long shot, it's a whole lot worse than this film. So anybody who says it's not is like. 
terrifying to themselves. Because well, this is is in La La Land. I gotta say that you know as hey, oh. as much as I dislike this film, it's still a whole lot better than La La Land. You know, <laughs> like a whole lot better. Well, honestly, my point was more about how if this story focused on Debbie Reynolds' character instead of Gene Kelly's character, mm. that story mm. would actually be a lot better because it would it would it'd be the rags to riches story of a voice actor or, or or just a no-name extra who becomes a voice actor who has to overcome. But the thing is, you know, she has to get the help of a man to succeed. For some reason, I feel like yeah, that's a little shop of horrors. Kind of. But it's kind of cool, like an extra to the voice actor to the star of the sh- of a show, a Broadway show. Yeah. How did you, what, what did you guys think about... Um, uh, the the way that the studio head guy is portrayed because I I thought that was kind of like okay this seems to me unrealistic completely unrealistic I mean he's over the top yeah he's like snidely whiplash I mean it's not snidely whiplash he's like uh, he's just a doofus and I liked how actually he was afraid of Lena that was cute how he was like I'm the I'm the executive but I don't don't tell Lena well this is also mm. like. I think uh, historically sort of that beginning time period of that acting transition, mm. when, you know, we talk about it a lot, but that transition between movies being that old timey stage performance acting and going into the more like character driven, realistic sort of portrayals of human people. And I think this is one that is starting to ride that line where like the old producer dude is still in that old school mindset of like Hollywood being the stage show projecting to the back of the audience and everyone else is kind of a little bit more toned down than that. And like, okay, do you mean his performance? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're talking about his acting performance. I just meant the kind of way the character is portrayed I, as well. I'm not sure I understand the difference. No. So what I mean is that he's kind of a pushover as far as that um, goes. He's not, he's not. How he's written, you mean? Yeah, yeah. How he's written. He's not like in power necessarily. Well, he's a. He's he is a, he's power, a false power. I mean, that's yeah. yeah he's and the emperor with no true. clothes. I, I think that's truer today than it ever has. Yeah. Been. Don't you think yeah. producers are? Well, sorry, not not well, all producers. I don't think so he's don't, a, hashtag not all producers. Is he portrayed as a producer in this? Because I exactly. have a feeling yeah. that studio head, studio yes. head of some yeah, sort. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Blah, blah, blah. We, yeah, and I think that is a a, a specific uh, damnation of the star system. I think it is calling out the fact that you have put these people in a position where you know they have more power than they should be, and then the people that should have the power don't necessarily have the power, and like the weird struggle of things not necessarily thinking that you know are happening the way that most people would think they would. That's why I loved it when Lena was laying down the yeah. law. You know, citing and, like yeah, paragraph exactly. B, you know, <laughs> fuck you, studio head. You know, I'm the actress. I'm the talent here. You know, let's, I have the power. You were on Lena's side the whole movie? Not the whole movie, but. Okay. Uh, I, that's I, a lot of it. Really? I, yeah. I also happen to like her voice a lot. <laughs> Reminds <Yeah>. you at home. <laughs> yeah. How Sorry. dare you? How dare you? Mom, don't listen to this. No, I didn't mean your mom specifically, but <laughs> I just meant that area of the world. I believe uh, I believe the actress but, was an understudy to one of the one of the actresses in Born Yesterday or something, and then <laughs> and then basically got the role by doing an impression. Oh wow! Um, of the lead actress in that, uh, and so that's how. Uh, and I I haven't seen that film, so I don't know if the voice is, is that comparable. Monroe? Um, I'm not exactly sure. It's definitely it part. It's gotta yeah. be. It's gotta it's, be. It's that kind of. But I mean, Born cutesy. Yesterday isn't that Marilyn Monroe? Um, I don't think it is. Aren't we is a movie it? podcast? Shouldn't someone know these things? Somebody should know these things. <laughs> That's 50, 1950. Yeah, <laughs> do some research, man. Oh, no. Literally there we go. Uh, uh, sorry, it's Judy Holiday. Oh, same difference. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Same you fucked di- a different president. <laughs> same difference. <laughs> 
<laughs> These two people are the same. <laughs> totally. Speaking of presidents, how about that Kevin Coolidge? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Derek. Yeah. Kevin Coolidge, you know, guys, the one from Home Alone. Yeah. Who got left Home Alone? He was Calvin Coolidge. He was a sick kid. He was a sick burn, she said. That's what she said. So did uh, we did we get to the story? Historical context? Well, we kind of did. There's kinda not a ton there. We just talked it. about that kind of yeah. moment in time when, when it's like red scare, but still mm. kind of laughing at the world and trying to heal yeah. because we're all scared as shit. Honestly, I don't see... I. You guys may have seen something. I don't see much as far as what this is commenting on. I feel it is just... <laughs> Tempting to be a piece of entertainment. Well, it is it, not really doing more than being a piece of entertainment. It's commenting on on the Hollywood film industry, yeah. uh, for yeah. sure. Um, it's but, very inside baseball, which going back to a comment this movie that Tim was made suggested earlier. suggested by Singing in the Rain. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was suggested by a song. I, like, I feel it's important to note as we discuss the deep, vast historical context, you know, being the big picture guy here, yeah, uh, yeah. that this Good movie point. was suggested <laughs> by, by a song. song singing in the rain which means that at one point or another in some hollywood office someone was like hey yeah gene and gene was like yeah and the the other fellow was like you know that song and gene was like what song and the other fellow said Oh, uh, no, 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 I'm not, uh, this is going to continue for uh -oh. several more minutes, please. Yeah. Yes, uh, here we go. And the other fellow said, you know, that song, Singing in the Rain. And Gene was like, oh, yeah. And I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but honest to fucking God, like the whole movie is just based on a song. That's exactly how Baby Driver was written. Good God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, how kind of how dare a movie have a singular theme? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. How dare it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, no, going back no, to something Tim brought up earlier, though, I do want to mention that normally in concept alone, I do hate the idea of movies about movies. Um, it does just feel very up its own ass. It feels very like, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, we are to be worshipped and we are, you know, we are great filmmakers and like what we think is like very, very important and everyone should care about it. And normally, I don't like that concept. I think this movie movie works. I think Living in, Living in Oblivion works. Uh, there's a few movies about movies that are really good. Most of them are just kind of up their own ass trash. Sean, do you like musicals? How do you feel about Les Miserables? Never saw it. I wanted to talk about Les Mis in a bit because of the sound, because it's one of the only musicals to actually record the sound on set, unlike this movie. Mm. But Sean, do you like them? Um, so... I was under the false impression that I liked musicals for a while because of my affinity for this movie. And this movie made me look into and start watching some other musicals. And I realized, nope, I just like this movie. No, I just like hallucinogenics. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, have you, know, you like seen some the sound, of, Disney sound stuff. of music? Um, no, I've only seen clips of Sound of Music. Wow. West Side Story. Uh, yeah, I have seen West Side Story. Don't like it. Uh, I hate Shakespeare. My Fair Lady. Uh, no. Greece. You'd like My Fair Lady. Greece, I've definitely seen. Yeah, I could take or leave it. See My Fair Lady? You'd mm. absolutely like My Fair Lady. Um, it's kind of like this and even includes kind of like an elocution style scene. Hmm. Teaching someone how to speak correctly. Right on. Except, <laughs> which is it, funny, it's, it's which is ironic. Similar. They're very similar. It's ironic that, you know. You mean Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. For Moses, he knows his toes aren't roses because Moses supposes his toes are to be. Man, you saw how this How the fuck too many did you times. know that? I knew he did that from. 
before. That's his warm up. That's his warm up. <laughs> That's yeah. his warm up. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. For a movie Round that deals toe. with <laughs> diction, it's also called Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, how exactly. dare that! <laughs> Irony, guys. Yeah, in I your it, face. Man. Irony. Spell shit the way you want. You know what? In the words of Lena, I liked it. Flat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the acting. Mm. G- uh, Mr. Gene Kelly himself, let's start at the top. What do you think, guys? He's charming. Yeah, he's uh, sparkly and mugs to the camera. Yeah. He does, he's <laughs> got a good smile. Yeah. And he, like, I don't, you know, most of the time, if an actor looks down the barrel of a lens, it's a really bad thing and mm-hmm. it makes you feel awkward. When he does it, it's just like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, you just feel special. I say, I say punchable face, wow. but. <laughs> but. Punchable face, but good moving feet. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's some, pretty much it. Some feet. What about also terrible hats? Man. Terrible hats. Oh, oh my hats god! Are I disagree. Hats. You're an idiot. That movie actually just about sold one of those. Like what? What are, the, what are those? Fedora? Cor- cor- oh, the no, 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 the hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the what? Those? Oh, those the cool straw too. hat. Straw hat. Yeah. Uh, I thought his wear, his choices of outfits were on point. My <laughs> God, is he fashionable? He looked like he was going golfing all the that time. Was, yeah, but he had that. that oh, I love that. He made it look suit. good. He looked like the the <laughs> real good. Well, that white <laughs> dude coat good. that he that he opened the film on. Holy, yep. f- like I just that fucking yeah. spy versus spy yeah. sort of look he had going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Looks like First a bathrobe. All, all right. He's he's. <laughs> let's be honest. He's ten years too old for this role. Okay. He is. Yeah. He is too old for it. The close-ups, we saw the wrinkles in his face a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I actually enjoyed to, that. He's a good-looking man. Okay, let's not deny it. Let's, punchable face, right? Maybe That's what I'm saying. Face. I disagree. I think but he's, don't you need a slightly older face. man to have yeah. the gravitas in Hollywood? Isn't it, it was usually Jimmy the older and the younger mm. woman? Mm. You know what? Mm. You're kind of right. He does. Yeah. But he, it just feels a little too old for the... Because she's probably 18, 19. Yeah, he's for that prob- playful sort of... He's a little... Yeah. He's like 40. Maybe he should be... 30? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I shaved you know, five, 10 years ago. It's off. a little, it, whatever. It was that 50s. So totally. That was better than whatever yeah. else we got. At least she wasn't 16. True. <laughs> <laughs> There's that moment in the film where they, yep. you know, yep. oh, she's sweet 16. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful Girls, your favorite song. Anywho, <laughs> uh, I thought Gene Kelly has a great range. Actually, I thought he did mm. serious very well. He could get serious if he really wanted to. and He did all right. All right. He was very <laughs> yeah. romantic. I thought he had some great chemistry with Debbie yeah. Reynolds. Um, and let's be honest, the man is a phenomenal dancer, okay? He can move. He's a triple threat. And he's funny. He's mugs to camera very well. Not he's a lot not of O'Connor funny. What's he's the not third? as funny as O'Connor. <laughs> what, what's the third not, threat? Yeah, what's what funny? is the third part of the triple threat? Acting, singing, singing, dancing. dancing. I, and acting. I, and acting. Okay. He's not a good actor. I, I got two, I, two of those he's I right. agree with. One of them's okay. He's a fantastic singer. You're still going off on the acting or the, singing, I, or the dancing? I, I so think he's. I one think, of those no, three? no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's No, dancing, good. Singing, good. Good singer. You object to his acting? There's a few moments in there that didn't feel that good. But I mean, that's also an issue with an actor who is also directing. Mm-hmm. So he's relying a lot on Stanley Donan, the, yeah. other, the co-director, to say, oh, that was a good one, Gene, you yeah. got that. You know? I think and a maybe, lot of this is the editing, too. Yeah. The editing was a little funky. We'll there talk was about one, it. There, there was one particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like they just might have had some weird takes. They were like yeah. picking some weird shots and cutting to some weird moments sometimes. It was a little like... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. also tough because they're going from a lot of these kind of wonders where they're doing all these right. numbers and then it doesn't really 
fit when they cut in with some of the other stuff. Yeah, I yeah. agree. There was a lot of those like, moments. You know. Sorry, to get, let's get back to the acting. Uh, yeah. So Donald O'Connor. Ooh, what a guy. That guy. Oh, Don. Why can't he exist <laughs> oh today? Oh, my God, Don. Oh, Don. <laughs> he can rock me to sleep. In another night. world, Donald O'Connor. Wow, oh, you are. Two, two Dons in you the history. You are sweet talent, just dripping with talent. Who the fuck trained you? I mean, <laughs> he the tired me out. Only later mm-hmm. when Don he, Knotts came along was exactly. there. An equal He's like Don. Don. He's like if Liberace <laughs> had ADHD and went to Juilliard acting school. <laughs> Uh, I love him. He's just so goddamn good and talented. Yeah. It, it, in that, just in that scene, it was like the uh, scene from Anne Hathaway and Les Mis. Again, she won the Oscar just in that scene. He could win an award just on make him laugh. It, again, it just, oh, I'm sorry to say this again. It's a Go fucking ahead. masterclass. Okay. It, every is little it? thing is, okay, let me do this with a doll. Let me do this with a wall. Let me do this on the floor. Let me make you laugh every fucking way I know how, using Foley, using sound, using my body, using every little moment. and. He did it. I'm going to say with him, you know, he's he's not a sharpshooter, hmm. but he, he kind of sprays enough that I get some moments in there. You know what I mean? Okay. And I mean, that's more so than, you know, I, and he's he's a lot funnier than Gene Kelly in this, clearly. But I mean, that's also the part. But yeah. uh, <laughs> interesting thing. His name is actually Donald David Dixon Ronald O'Connor. Huh. He has... <laughs> Four first names. <laughs> Three of them start with D. So I guess he could go by whatever he wanted at that point. That is that is a great thing. That is some caring parents who were like, give him 20 you know names. what? <laughs> you know what? Who are they it's give down this to, kid options. It's down to four. He's got options. Yeah, he can pick. Yeah, he can pick his favorite. Yeah, because I mean, uh, he can even go, he can go with Don. Right? He can turn Donald into Don. He can turn David into I don't know Davy. He could do Dixon to Dix. I don't know, Dave. I mean, and he could do Ronald to Ron. Dix O'Connor. He could be Don Ron. Pleasure. Don Ron. Hey, I'm Don Ron. Don Ron O'Con. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me a lot of Kramer. And I yeah. thought that was really funny because mm. his fucking yeah. name. I'll get that. It's Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cosmo. Cosmo. Yeah. Cosmo. Cosmo. There, there are Cosmo definitely Kramer. connections there. Yep. You know, like just two great physical actors yeah. who could just, you know, run into a door and make you laugh. Yeah, a lot of, of that yeah. stuff was a direct correlation. Sure. I wonder if they actually named Cosmo oh, I'm Kramer. I'm pretty sure they're... Oh, it seems... I, I just kind of said that, but yeah. Okay. Um, oh, what that about... Kramer's first name? Cosmo? Yeah, Cosmo yeah. Kramer. Cosmo, yeah. yeah. I need to, I really need to watch Seinfeld. Jesus yes. A lot of references you're missing. Fucking kids. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert for Seinfeld, guys. Cosmo? Yeah. That's oh, that kind is of kind of a spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. Wow. Pretty early. Oh, is that, yeah. a, is that a moment? It is kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, I guess I've kind of seen the show now. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? yeah. You don't have to watch that episode. Well, now, now. you can watch Friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fine we, program. We won't spoil that for you. <laughs> Somehow uh, they afford the apartment. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler okay, guys. Alert. Let's get to the ladies. Ross and um, with Rachel. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sh- oh, oh. Debbie Reynolds. What do you think, guys? What do you guys think about Debbie Reynolds? You know, she used the she, force. She's, yeah, she you know, should have a daughter. Yeah. She's good. She's good. I thought she yeah. was again great. She's great. Yeah, she's and, good. Yeah, she's good. You guys are. Yeah, you know, she's got she's moments. Critics. This the, the movie's no Halloween Town. Let's get down to brass. <laughs> being tacks. critical in Joey's mind is being a bad critic. Well, being you're being person. cynical, if I will. I think she's so charming, and she's a great singer, and she's so nice in these scenes. Yeah, she and tries she plays her best. well. 
Misogyny! <laughs> it's misogyny. Give us one bad thing. Give us one bad thing, Joey. One, one thing that never, could have been better. I can't. This is such a joyful movie. Okay, all right. I, can't, I really can't ask mm. the I Maybe I'll come up with some well, sound You'll come things. up with something. There's some bad ADR. There we go. See, we're going to get into that ah. eventually. Damn. Good don't, job, uh, Joey. Don't, yeah. yeah, don't poke the word. I, I said something you negative, guys. <laughs> I Sean, can we get some applause for Joey? <laughs> Still feel bad about the Gene and Gene thing from earlier. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about Lena or the other Gene? Um, perfectly annoying. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, she was perfectly annoying. This whole movie tired me. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, she's, she's kind of fun to listen to and like yeah. nails yeah. on a chalkboard yeah. sort of way. A and flat. It, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, it's it's a nice reveal it. too. Um, I liked it. Just how they like they the way that they lead up to the reveal of her voice and how horrible a person that she is. Like you know, in the flashbacks, we kind of start to meet meet. What's that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Joey. <laughs> Joey. Well, yeah, she's the bad. So the, she's the bad guy in this yeah. picture. You do the, realize that, right? First time we meet her, she's the antagonist. He's fighting for her credit. When we meet her she's in the sucked. flashback, she's, she's disregarding him because he's a stunt guy. And then all of a sudden she finds out he's going to be a star and she's all like all up in his junk. Yeah. And then he's like, get away from me. I don't want you now because you're just a fucking star fucker. Some and random then- woman threw cake in her face. <laughs> <laughs> and her fiance didn't defend her. <laughs> yep. End of story. Didn't I she pronounce it fiance? Yeah. Yeah. That like, yeah. yeah. I mean, she I hadn't know. taken diction yet. Just fucking she horrible. <laughs> around those A's. I can't stand him. Yep. <laughs> can't stand him. Can't stand him. Stand him. She doesn't pronounce the D. That's the thing. Round <sighs> tones. We need more round tones. All right. Um, John? You guys ready? Yeah. You all ready, ready for this? Yeah. Let's do it. Are Let's you ready to guess the gross? Yay. Yeah. Hey, there we go. You know, yeah, we need yeah. a drop for that. I, I need like a uh, a theme song yeah. or something. You need, you need a drum, drum roll or um, like a, yeah. yeah, we do. You we know. need a theme song. Okay, that's yeah. good enough. Drums. So the, that that's a rim shot. Yeah, it's the closest thing I got. Okay, technically music. <laughs> technically, <laughs> it's uh, music. So, uh, you gentlemen are going to guess the gross for modern musicals. Um, oh no! I've oh, got uh, six entries here today. And the first one. Remember, this is domestic box office. Yes, domestic gross box. We mm. have fight, dream, hope, love. From 2012, directed by Tom Hopper. Hooper? Hooper. Hooper. Le- Less Miserables. Jesus Less Christ. Miserables. All right. Few things were less miserable than that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I fucking Wonder hated it. <laughs> Didn't like it either that much. It's a, um, it's a the best part was sound. listening to Russell Crowe try to sing. That was the honestly best part. like yeah, you know these modern movies though. Let it's, me. It's let me tough. I was actually going to mention that because in these gross. Oh, guessing a gross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like it's, yeah, it gets tough. while you 20 think. Bucks. I just want to recommend seeing this. Just go online and YouTube the on my own from that. From that, from that movie because it's all live and the boom operator is walking backwards in the rain and it's actually a great way to get it's, it's one of the best sounds you will ever get from a scene with rain in it wow. and she's singing the whole time so it's a, so the boom guy he was pretty good huh it actually is a master class in boom, boom operator booming 
Now, if you're listening out there and you're playing any drinking game to this podcast, every time Joey says the master word class. master class, <laughs> I say true, yeah. or four, I think four or five. Every time Joey says master the word master class. class, you need to inject yourself with heroin. <laughs> rumination <laughs> rumination <laughs> is another one. Uh, I don't think we're, I don't think rumination is going to get said. No, no, no. I said, so I said juxtaposition. Yeah, we've got Joey's master class intersection, Joey's glissando corner, yes. and uh, juxtaposition. Position. Joey's juxtaposition. Joey's juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to apologize for everything, guys. And yeah. All right. We got to guess a gross yeah, for this accept movie, your I guess. Yeah, 25 bucks. Uh, I'm going to go You're going to go higher. 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to guess higher on this. Go. I'm going to go 110 million. 120. Probably going to be right. Yeah. The, uh, the correct answer is... Mr. or the winner, I should say, would be Mr. Joseph Bonnier. Uh, the, the correct 160s, answer, probably uh, one hundred forty-eight point eight million. Fuck! How do I know this? How and did not I get guess that wrong? right? <laughs> Maybe you don't know it. All right, gentlemen. Magic always returns. Directed by Rob Marshall, two thousand twenty eighteen's Mary Poppins Returns. Mm. Winner goes first. Um, <laughs> one ten, one hundred and ten million dollars. I forgot what movie you said. <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns. Oh God, um, two thousand eighteen. I'm gonna go one eighty. One hundred and eighty million dollars. Tim, I'm gonna say one hundred and forty-seven million dollars. Seven make him do million math, dollars. Maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, that's too much <laughs> math. Uh, but that is going to be uh, Mr. Derek Laporte. The correct oh. answer is one hundred seventy-one point nine million dollars. Yeah, these movies, man, make way too much these days. Dad, go. <laughs> it's because any family that goes to this paying a hundred bucks in a movie theater. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Wow, but yeah, then they're really going to expensive. box office. That only, it's the true um, cost of procreation, you know, popcorn and all that shit. And, oh no, no, still. Four, oh, that's people. True. Four, four people, people. Yeah, go right. into the, like Pop, the 3D IMAX. Yeah. That's how do how do families afford that in know. this day and age? In this economy, the sector is way cheaper. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should vote for a Democrat. Jesus Christ! No, because <laughs> then they'll take all their tax money. And maybe they, won't they have should be ahead the top ten percent, you know, of of economic earners in the nation. And that's a different podcast. You know, that's the one I record in my room. Maybe the movies should be cheaper. Yeah. I don't know. Just just my just <laughs> my <laughs> just my solution. <laughs> Sean, what's the next movie? Gentlemen. Here is to the fools who dream. Damien Chazelle's uh, that guy. Twenty sixteen's La La Land. All right. So this one forty bucks. Uh you're doing first? No, no. I gotta go first. I won. No, you go first. Yeah. You go first. I, I, I won, I go first. Uh, oh. I'm going. A hundred and twenty-eight million. Hundred and twenty-eight million. Says Derek Laporte. Tim Snow. I'm gonna go ninety-two million dollars. Two million dollars, says Tim Snow. Mister Joseph Bonnier. Five million dollars. A bold choice with Derek's. Eight. Mr. Derek does oh. take it. 
128? Uh, yeah. It's exactly <laughs> what? No, no. Uh, uh, he said 128. No, the amount uh, that uh, it made was $151.1 oh, million. Oh, I was trying to bid more than I him, but he, are you wow. sure? I thought he That's bid like American 109 or, or 128. Yeah. He bid 128. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to bid higher than you. <laughs> you uh, tried to price his right, but fucked yourself. I got to go again first, though. So mm -hmm. think of Ooh. it that way. Thank you, Jay. Oh, all right, gentlemen. Take a trip. <laughs> Down the aisle, you'll never forget. We have Philadelphia Lloyd directing 2008's Mamma Mia. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> go. Let's go $250 million. $250 million. Uh, 175. $175 million. 4.8 billion yen. <laughs> Uh, can yeah. someone convert that to dollars for me? I don't. Uh, I'm not mathematically inclined there. Four point eight billion yen. We're really accepting this. Billion. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you have to. Yes. D. Okay. I'm already on the podcast. You can't kick me off now. That didn't do it. Oh God. What? Oh my God. It's forty-two million. It's it's basically forty-three million dollars. It's all that is. It's only $43 million. That's great. <laughs> he, was, he might as well guess $42. Wow. Uh, so, yes, Mr. Joseph Bonnier is going to take it. The correct answer is $144.1 million. $441 million? Yeah, $444.1. Fucking A. Yeah. Music is expensive. Um, all right, gentlemen. Two and two. Discover how it all began. We have directed by. Oil Parker in 2018. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. <Sean. laughs> All right. Mamma Mia 2 in 2018. Um, what did it make? 82. Joey says $82 million. I'm going to go $210 million. Derek says $210 million. $251 million. $251 million, says Tim one, Snow. One. God damn it, that's way too much math, guys. Probably um, in the middle of those two. No, I'm gonna uh, that's gonna be Joseph Bonnier. Son of a bitch, man. The total is one hundred twenty point six million dollars. Get your sequel, guys. Definitely. People still would pay to go see it though. Totally. People are stupid. They did. But I think it had a they budget of like twelve dollars, so it, okay. yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. All right. Twenty mil. Joey so wins our, it. Nope, we got one more. Oh, one more? Yeah, because okay. of the Mamma Mia double up, again. I kinda give you a double man. Um either way, uh let's see. Only the act of true love will thaw a frozen heart. In 2013, oh, directed oh. by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, Disney's Frozen. Oh, that picture. <laughs> oh, good God. N nothing about uh, Mr. Walt Disney's Frozen Head. This is Disney's animated feature, Frozen. Mm. 300 million, says Joseph. Going 400 million. Derek says 400. $444 million. $444 million, says Tim Snow. And Mr. Derek Laporte, you are almost dead at $400.7 million. It would have been more impressive I'm if you'd have guessed 400. I'm in my car. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Of course. Big stop. That's a, that was an example of other shows, guys. That was actually an example network. of exactly how that make them laugh sequence felt to me. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> just true. too much That's at true. once, and I was very confused. <laughs> also superfluous, which is how that that other sequence that we talked about earlier felt. Yeah, and it's, it seemed like a mistake. Yeah, a mistake. <laughs> a mistake. A waste of the fine people's time. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but so uneventfully, uh, Mr. Joseph Bonnier and Derek Laporte tied. Boom. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's Great our push till next, <laughs> till next I, week. I believe I came in at a hot zero on <laughs> you that. Yep. You, you, <laughs> two of your yeah. guesses were like, what, $25.43 billion? 4.8 yen yeah. was my guess, actually. At this point, you should just always bet in yen. I, I think that I might start making it that. <laughs> Good. Slowly, I'm going to get better at the conversion rate. Yes, that's true, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah you'll get better. Uh, so, guys, let's talk about the sound. Unfortunately, yeah. you're going to be bored for the next 20 cool. minutes. So. I needed to go to yeah. the restroom. So, so, if, so if anybody wants to go to the bathroom, let, let me know if, if, if this I is a fine anything. time to like refill your drinks. It's Joey's Glissando Corner. <laughs> Derek is actually going to the bathroom, guys. Just letting you know that. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about the, the dialogue before I get to the music. The ADR, um, it was rough. There was some great moments and some bad moments. Mm -hmm. I think it goes to show that ADR is really a skill. And an actor, if you think about it, it's very difficult because they have to imitate themselves. But you have to also listen to yourself and be able to, to kind of hear yourself in headphones and recognize the way you say something and your, and your cadence. Not everyone's good at this. I think a lot of actors that are musicians are really good at kind of imitating their own ca their can yeah. or cadence, that kind of thing. Uh, Gene Kelly's you fantastic. You forget the words and you just kind of sing it. Yeah, uh, Gene Kelly does actually an amazing moment. I don't know if you caught this when. Uh, the elocution teacher is trying to get Gene Kelly to speak correctly. Gene Kelly does his thing where he speaks in his accent and the teacher does it again and he does it in this accent. And then Gene Kelly quickly imitates him and then fades down before he gets interrupted. But as he fades down, he does a perfect imitation of the elocution <laughs> teacher. And it just goes to show that someone who's great at ADR really can imitate very well. And it's, and it's just, I think it's a separate skill. Um, some of them are fantastic at it. And so just some shots lean itself towards better ADR or not. But uh, this movie had to be good with ADR for many reasons, obviously, because of the meta reasons, but because it's also a, a musical. Yeah. Kind of what it's about. <laughs> Derek's back from his piss, everyone. <laughs> He's singing, and let's talk about the music. Because, just made it rain. Uh, it was, it was uh, a musically arranged by Lenny Hayton, and also... I'm Don't Hayton. be Hayton. Uh, Nacho Herb Brown. Nacho Herb Brown. Nacho uh, Herb Brown? I write that correctly? And nacho Herb Round? Not, no, Nacho Herb Brown. It's the Nacho Nacio. Herb Brown the I'm world. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, Ignacio or Nacio Herb Are you Brown. familiar with Herb Brown? Uh, no. <laughs> what else did he do? I'm a sucker for low-hanging fruit. <laughs> While I'm speaking about the pronunciation of names, let me quickly apologize for when we did Vertigo and I pronounced Bernard Herman's name Bernard Herman. Mm. was lame. So a quick correction lame. there about pronunciation. Find that, fuckers. Yeah. And that's integrity. <laughs> yeah. You mean Thanks, dignity. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so the songs, okay? I, I like the songs. I think they were great. Uh, you're right. Beautiful Girls was, I wrote shitty, of course, but it was on purpose. That was my note as soon as I heard it. I'm like, yes, this is bad. Um, Make Him Laugh as a standout. Love the Moses Toes Roses song was wonderful. The Good Morning song was actually really sweet. Yep. And we sing that all the time. And that's a tune that we all know that I never knew came from this. Uh, Here's a lot of like morning shows for fucking, you know, TV news and shit. Yeah. 
just the singing in the rain reprise or whatever, you know, when he's actually singing in the rain and then he gets stopped by the cop was a great moment for you, for you, the, you know, the layman out there to realize a couple of beautiful moments at the end with the cliffhanger. When he sees the cop, the music has a, what's called a dominant, which means usually it's a fifth, uh, where it kind of leans on the, like the second to last note in the scale, if you will. And it makes you think that the scale should complete itself, which is called the tonic. And it, didn't complete. And so the, the cop came in there and the music got interrupted as well. So it's a fifth atonic? Wow. Thought of it like that, but well done. You made a music joke, Sean. Yay. Pat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he completes it after, you know, the cop stops him and he still realizes, you know, he's still singing in the rain and he's he's not caught. He's fine. Uh, so I, just, I love that moment. And it was a cute little dominant tonic moment. Um, yeah. I liked I liked the everybody dance. That was nice. I love that moment. That, 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 that song. It showed off. Gotta his, dance. You mean? Nope. Everybody gotta dance. Gotta Broadway rhythm. Gotta get you. Everybody dance. And the Broadway one. Uh, uh, it was such a long movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there yeah, was that's, another. That's a forgettable one. There was another great moment of. Uh, oh, I had to throw in a Glissando because I didn't one notice one when she gets. Uh, cake, in, cake in the face. Mm. Cake in the face, the glissando goes down into a very scary moment, which was interesting because it was subjective as if you were Lena. It was like, <laughs> interesting. It was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, scary horror movie strings. Oh no, Lena, you got pied. That's it, why you identify with Lena because you were so into the sound. Maybe. The glissando. Mm. Oh, so mm. I, I found it the Anyone that gets caked. an accidental cake in the face, I, I just instantly sympathize with. Did, did something happen? In like your every extra in the fucking uh, Three Stooges movies? <laughs> My third birthday. Well, how do you eat your pie anyway? Like, because that's how I eat my pie. Yeah. Straight to the face. You slam Straight it right the in your nog, dude. Yeah. It's the only yeah, way you get a good blend of pie. You never, yeah. you never take a nice... No. How else do you get all the flavors <laughs> in one? Snip that one up. I see where you're going there. Um, so... The microphones. Let's talk about the sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to the sound. That was pretty good. Uh, speaking of things that might go towards her face are... <laughs> Is really the, the polar pattern of the microphones. Oh, yeah, yeah, polar Wait pattern. Wait a time I want to talk about the microphones, guys, yep. because the ribbon microphone is a very unique yep. kind of microphone that they mm. showed off a lot. It's that disc one with the holes in it. And a, a ribbon microphone is very unique for having this warm character. It's old school. It's a very, it's like wire wrapped around a magnet. And it's always bi-directional, meaning it's like a figure of eight pattern showing that it always picks up equally from two sides. Mm. And that was really interesting when they showed off at the beginning when we had the announcer on Hollywood Boulevard, mm. then Gene Kelly walked up and was able to get that nice reverby sound as if they are outside on Hollywood Boulevard using the same microphone. Nice little technique there. But also it didn't quite make sense that she couldn't really be heard when she kept turning her head that much because the bi-directional nature of that microphone would have probably picked her up a little bit more. It was definitely accentuated for that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that is... Certainly a um, a thing we have all experienced. <laughs> I agree, and we've solved that problem by adding omnidirectional operator. Well, okay, I was going to say omnidirectional lavaliers, <laughs> but sure. Now we use omnidirectional lavalier microphones. So we, we put the lavalier don't microphone. Don't fucking tout loves, man. I said don't tout loves. Loves suck. Loves are a secondary source. Don't rely on loves. It's don't. better than just putting a mic like right in her. But this yeah, wasn't about wasn't boobs. taking a fucking. <laughs> Sean, this wasn't about booms. This was about hiding yeah, yeah, a mic know, on know, the actor's know, chest. So you, technically, you're right. I, I mean, you have no argument with me. I love booms more than anyone. But <laughs> I love boobs too. 
We know. <laughs> we can get to the misogyny later. The point is that the omnidirectional lavalier we use now is put in the center of your chest. So no matter how you turn your head, you get a very even sound. So uh. they've solved that problem. But I just loved all of the meta moments about having sound on set. I know what it's like, the chaos of having to deal with it and the problems of having to adjust a microphone and dealing with the actor touching her pearls and the necklace. <laughs> it was just, it's like so cute to me. And obviously Sean picked it, you know, I think maybe a little to cater to me, pander to me a little bit. But I, I loved yeah. it. It was just so fun. I love yeah. a movie about a movie. I love when a movie, you know, talks about real life, real world problems that yeah. we can all relate to. Yeah. <laughs> I can certainly relate. Well, <laughs> I had I all mean, these problems. Yeah, and it references Solid the film industry. one percent of the population <laughs> well, really yeah, feels right. it. Yeah, but you're, you're kind of right. But then it throws it right after that scene. It goes right to the theater. And I mm. love that they show you the results yeah. and they show you what happens when she has this crazy necklace on and it's so ridiculously loud or she turns her head and we don't get that nice dialogue or the dialogue gets out of sync or slowed down and the pitch goes down. It shows you the actual effect of bad sound in the theater. And I love that. I love that it gives you the real world examples of what- Like the uh, Chevy Chase Foley thing that I went to at the MGM studio in Orlando back in the day. Chevy Chase like Foley? Please yeah. continue. It yeah. was like a, it's like a short film <laughs> and they have it with sound synced up perfectly oh, from nice. like a Foley person. And then they get somebody from the audience to go up to the front and do Foley for this movie while it plays. And then they replay it back with that person having done the Foley. So the chandelier drops- then you hear a like moments <laughs> yeah. later, Everything's everybody off. in the yeah. thing like cracks up right. about how bad it is. The footsteps, everything's off basically. Just proving how so great then, those guys are. <laughs> exactly. And then people get the concept of the fact that, oh man, this is really it's funny. It's pretty hard it's to done. do this stuff. It's pretty yeah. hard to do it. And it's really funny if it's off and like everybody does notice that kind of thing. Totally. So yeah, good Good reference that they did back in the 52 thing to this uh, Chevy Chase short film that I saw at MGM <laughs> Studios. I think they also do it at Universal or Warner, too. Yeah, one I of think them. so, sure. probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think you're right that Foley is just simply fun. It is so wonderful. And to see when the behind any behind-the-scenes movie of the yeah. Foley, yeah. it shows you the magic of filmmaking in such a different way because it, 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 you don't realize all these sounds are fake. And when you do see you know, behind the curtain, it just shows you how you can create all these moments artificially and creating humor, whether it's make him laugh and he's, you know, using the slide whistle or all these little moments of just hitting, you know, it just, it, it just shows you the value of sound. And I think it's cute and lovely. And, uh, you know, obviously as a sound guy, it, you know, it plays to the everyman. You know, everyone has these kind of problems, right, Tim? Well, I'm the big picture guy, so I'm the wrong one to speak to <laughs> on that. But sound uh, isn't part of the picture. Well, it's, it's a small part of the big picture, you see. <laughs> big overall picture. Yeah. yeah. But you see, the, the MAT studies prove that the sound directly influences the audience's perception of the picture. So the better the sound is, the more that the audience thinks that the quality of the picture has been enhanced. Very interesting. I Derek, also, counterpoint. Uh, I don't really have a counterpoint for that, but I do have the Bresson quote that we talked about earlier, mm. which was that the, you know, the sound the goes to guy? the... Gallant sound. You make that joke Sorry. every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. It, Eventually, it's going to be funny. Is the thought process there? Yeah. Okay. Repetition is humor. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, sound goes towards, sound goes towards the inner, right? 
Sound goes towards the inner, whereas, you know, whereas uh, cameras towards the outer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that whole thing of like, it's more towards your personal experience. What do you think Brassam would have thought of this picture? Uh, probably Lee didn't Lugalis like it. Pass. Probably actually may have never watched it, but probably would, because I, I don't think that he thinks it's cinema. Yeah. He wouldn't agree that it's it's cinema. Yeah, one might entertainment say or... Well, no, it just it, it it's just it would be similar to a play that's filmed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lend itself solely to cinema. Not the combination of A plus B equals C kind of stuff. And I don't I don't think that he would like it as much. I think that's, he might like. Sounds it. like pretentious douchebaggery to me. Well, well no, you didn't. <laughs> you, well, but you do know, like uh, like montage cinema, it doesn't lend itself to that because we're shooting most of these things in oneers. Basically, you could actually see a stage performance where somebody's dancing across the stage, and it's going to be similar to this experience. It's not. I agree, a, but there wasn't just oneers. There was a lot of other types of shots. And but yeah, for it to be a film, it has to be something that could only take place. Could in only the world. exist in. Could only exist as a film. Could not exist as any other medium. Yeah, that's barely anything. Yeah, but there are things which are that. Sure, there sure. Are things I mean, which are that's like my douchebag definition of the purest form of art. Like you know, there's like two people in the world that actually qualify. Like it becomes a useless definition at that point. I got you, but that still would make a definition. You sure, were, sure. Yeah. Um, but pointless douchebaggery. I don't know, though, <laughs> because, again, I think, I think, uh, I think that if a create, like somebody who wants to create something takes that into account, they're going to make something better through effort and thought process before that's going whole, through and doing that's it. That's the theory of Dogma 95, though. I mean, that didn't necessarily make I, better movies. It just kind of like... They just wanted to... I, I, again, and also that's that's a whole thing of like they're trying... I, the, I would say that a lot of reason why Dogma 95 is the way... Like the, the thought process behind that was also their means at the time as yeah, well. Sure. So it was not, it's budgetary it came from and, yeah. budgetary means and, and then they said like, oh no, this is like our art piece because okay. I think But that, it's just arbitrary rules that are bounding this specific genre that you're classifying essentially. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I, to have that specific definition of film. I think it's a good definition because I think that it will allow you to like watch a film and then you say, okay, this is what makes it. Uh, stand on its own as opposed to being able to be seen in some other medium. It's like, an it, interesting checkbox to have on a list, but I don't think it would be the end-all be-all of any definition. Should yeah, be. no, and I don't think it's a be-all, end-all. I'm just saying that like, I think that Brisson would not like this film because right. it does not qualify under that category. Yeah, yeah. To me, to me, it's just kind of like the Bechtel test. Like, you know, it's something to think about and it's something to oh, yeah. write. Absolutely. But it's not like and it doesn't mean that that's necessarily because also like uh, then then you find out that Sex in the City is not a feminist exactly, yeah. show because yeah, it right. doesn't pass that test, which is asinine because everybody loves it. All the women <laughs> love it, right? Now you're now who's the misogynist? Yeah, anyway. Well, it's got everything. It's got shoes. It's, it's got, got everything. Glitter. It's got shoes. It's got, it's it's got, it's got everything that they love. Yeah. So, any other sound issues, sir? Uh, not really. Yeah, we just me so, and Sean just covered all your sound <laughs> issues for you. Yeah, One no. thing I was actually kind of surprised you didn't bring up is that um, that sort of opening scene where we are talking with the uh, the reporter lady and the yeah the that the sound differentiation between all of the different angles and camera shots that like 
the sound actually sounds like it should be if we were standing in the perspective of that camera. No, I did write that. Uh, I didn't. I just didn't get to it because I didn't want to get to. I wrote also. Oh, I gave you. I threw it to you. I gave you the opportunity. <laughs> I wrote the reverb was wonderful. I uh, I loved the the way really? that I love the reverb for the announcer on Hollywood Boulevard is what I wrote right. down. Uh, I also wrote great background sound of Walla with the laughter of the crowd. They mm-hmm. used the laughter really well back and forth to really give you those comedic moments and timing. Too, yeah. And that's another great moment is using a laugh track. You know, it's kind of a not a common thing back. Then. I guess it was in the fifties, but it seems like that was just starting to be in television, if you will, maybe. I don't know, like Jackie Gleason or whatever was on. I, be, I I could be wrong, but I thought I Love Lucy is credited with that. Maybe I forget uh, what's I Love Lucy fifty two. I don't know somewhere around there. But, uh, Either way, it's an early on in the laugh, and it was just well done. Uh, but yeah, uh, fifty one to fifty seven, so right around there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's it for my sound. I think I, I, the music was wonderful. It was it. I, I really did like it. I got to say, I think it was a good musical, enjoyable. Uh, and the music was rhythmically synced up just really, really, really well in all of the moments. And that's obviously just a credit to the choreography and the, and the dancing, but it just worked perfectly. I thought, and, and, and visually every time there was a moment where you wanted the music to do something cute, it did it cute. When it wanted it to go sad and serious, it did that. I thought it was, there was no, uh, miss mistakes. There was no, you know, bad foots. Bad, oh, wow. I should have used a better uh, dancing analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope. There was yeah. no left foot. Two left really feet. stepping out there. Huh? <laughs> I really, yeah. <laughs> bad one, footing, bad steps, missteps. I couldn't there were a lot of choices. Any of them, and I fucked all yeah, of them Yeah, you up. really tripped that one, huh? Yep, that's Derek, some bad foots right there. Right there. <laughs> I'm going to put my foot in my mouth and yeah. move yeah. it on to Sean. Go all of them. Um, so the the camera, the look, this picture, um, this is what you call a studio picture. This is uh, made in a studio. Made in a or, studio. Uh, studio By pictures. studio people. Studio people doing studio lots, things. Lots of big studio equipment uh, featured generously. Um, lots of cranes, lots of dollies, lots of movement. Um, now, I mean, this is, yeah, very, very sort of classic, very, um, you know, big camera days. So, you know, you're not going to get any handheld shots or any of that bullshit. Everything is very methodical. Everything is a lot of wides because it's a fucking dancing and comedy. And both of those things play much better in wide shots. Some of these are a little bit too wide for my taste, even like when we start to see that it's actually a studio in that wide shot. Right. To me, that like is a little bit giving it, but it makes sense in the context of this movie. Um, So I, you know, it's certainly forgivable. Um, But in general, I mean, this is a, you know, just sort of classic Hollywood studio cinema. Everything is very smooth. Everything is very methodical. Everything is very well planned and choreographed and organized. So focused. So in focus. (laughs) Yes. Everything is in focus. Very deep depth of field. Everything is lit to hell. Um, I don't even want to say lit to hell. Like everything is very bright and visible, but it's not sitcom-y exactly. Um, And this was, you know, Joey just said, uh, I Love Lucy had just come out. And uh, I Love Lucy is credited with creating sitcom lighting. So if you look at I Love Lucy, there is a very specific look that comes out of that show that you will see in just about every sitcom that comes thereafter. And it's basically just a way of lighting the stage so that no matter where the characters go, you can see them. Um, This is close to that, but it is still 
we'll say a little bit of contrasty, a little bit of real world, a little bit of shadow play, but nowhere near as much as we've seen in some of the other movies we've watched. We haven't really, there was no like real big shadow moments here. It's more just like people uh, using the lighting and shadow to kind of like suggest or hint of, you know, villainy or goodness or like a couple of those close up shots where everything is just super high key and everything is like, that fuzzy glamour Hollywood lighting sort of situation. But other than that, the biggest thing I would say about just the camera in general is love the fact that we get to see all the cameras, <laughs> like the yeah. fact that we get to see all that old technology and we get to see that transition of how Hollywood was made. Cause one of the big things I really like about this is that that scene that we start out with, like the first time we walk through a Hollywood production studio, you're in one big building and you see like, 10 different movies all being shot at the same Love time and everything is just kind of chaotic and we kind of keep dallying past scene after scene and there's just a completely ridiculously different movie happening two feet away from another completely ridiculously different movie and then you know as soon as sound comes in all of a sudden all of that has to change and so I think that was just a, 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 a I, I enjoyed how they showed that. I also enjoyed seeing all the different cameras and the different ways that they were used. When we got into the sound era, the first time they start shooting the sound movie, all of a sudden everything is in this big box. They didn't really explain it, but it's the sound box. It's because the camera was fucking loud. The director and everyone was loud. So they built a box on set where that camera was planted. And again, that changed the way that filmmaking happened because now you couldn't move the camera at all. So it completely changed how had to be choreographed you would move the set you would move the actors you'd move the props around the camera because the camera was in a goddamn box and it couldn't move so you know just actually seeing these things in practice even if they weren't explained like just i don't know i it gives me warm fuzzies um there's one moment that i really like that i think stuff can be uh so and I, I can't remember now if it's on a dolly, but it's during the big singing in the rain mm -hmm. moment that he has where he's spinning around. And we kind of like, we either dolly in or crane in, I'm, I, I can't remember which, but there's clearly a light being moved in on him oh, right. for that close up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people don't really move lights yeah. anymore. That is one of the things that nobody seems to do. And it really gets across this moment emotionally. People don't even move I lights for coverage, let they alone don't. in a shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. But I, I mean, nobody yeah. in a shot thinks totally. to do that. And it gets across that moment of his kind of like, because as we go in, it's very subtly done. Mm -hmm. I think that people who- But it draws your focus, right? It draws your focus to, to his face. And also, uh, if somebody does notice it, it makes sense that it would happen, right? He's kind of like, it's a crappy day and he's really enjoying it because of the situation he is in his life. And so he's glowing. And we really get that across through that, that movement. And it happens twice in that scene hmm. that I noticed. Um, other than that, like that, that to me is, because I think that people probably watch that scene a lot, but I don't know that they take that from it. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I think that that is something good to take from that scene that helps to make it work. Sure. There's um, a lot to analyze in that scene. Yeah. Though. I mean, the, you know, just breaking down the, the yeah. song choice in and of itself, the movement, the actor. I mean, you know, that, that scene can, has been and will be broken down in Hollywood or 
Yeah. Forever. And pe- people talk about the rain. There's a whole theory that mm-hmm. there's milk in the rain. And I've seen like people saying, it, yeah, that's the case. And then people saying, no, that's not the case. So I, I, I don't want to even try to discuss about no, that. It's, it, that's, um, that's yeah. urban. There's a really good, uh, very recent episode of The Way I Heard It, which is Mike Rowe's podcast, um, which is kind of based on the... Um, uh, got the name of the the old uh radio guy but basically uh, the he does episodes of like interest on specific people in history but there was a recent episode about gene kelly and that specific scene in the rain scene and apparently gene kelly was like essentially on his deathbed and like dragged himself to the set and could like barely walk or talk when he was doing that scene that like huh. super- 103 fever <laughs> 103 <laughs> fever yeah yeah he was fucking not in good shape you know wow. what it was or it says he was okay. Let uh, I me mean, just reading Wikipedia, but it mm-hmm. says it sings a little bit of that splashing through puddles and getting soaked with rain. Kelly was sick with 103 fever. That's all. Mm-hmm. The the water in the scene caused Kelly's wool to shrink during filming. Huh. <laughs> uh, it's not one take. There's a bunch of cameras at predetermined locations. Yeah. Blah, blah 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 blah. The filming the sequence took two to three days. Mm. Uh, because it was supposedly the backlighting that made people think it was milk. I don't know why. Oh. Uh. Uh, I just don't want to, there's, there's a bunch of other stuff here quickly, just about these notes, which is interesting. Debbie Reynolds was not a dancer before, but she was a gymnast, but Uh. apparently Kelly was so difficult with her that he made her like cry. (laughs) But what's interesting is you mentioned Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire comforted her and helped her out and tried to make her dancing better. And then afterwards she came back and worked a lot with Kelly a lot better. Yeah, of course. That's the reason why she's able to dance so good because Fred Astaire. (laughs) Because uh, of of the two, Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, I'm a Fred Astaire fan. Apparently. Debbie yeah. Reynolds uh, was working 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., just dancing. She said her feet were bleeding. She was quoted as saying, singing in the rain and childbirth were the two hardest things I ever had to do in my life. Jesus. Wow. Uh, Donald O'Connor had to stay in bed in the hospital for several days after filming the Make Him Laugh sequence due to his smoking up to four packs of cigarettes <laughs> a day. Wow. wow. Four packs. That's a lot of cigarettes. That is. And he That's just like gave it all for that fucking scene. I mean, you have to work hard. To was smoke he smoking it. a cigarette in the song? No, but it no. Just, he just was a chain smoker when he wasn't on screen. He's so 80, 80 cigarettes. Well, that four packs is. Yeah, that's like 80 cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't say, yeah. I'm going to not smoke anymore. He's going to be like, oh, I'm going to cut back to two packs a day. Yeah. Jeez. No, uh, that's before the taxes. It was a lot easier. Yeah. I also wanted to mention there's a really great <clears throat> thing I noticed, and it was obvious to me because we were watching all these shots in wides, and we were, and obviously we need to see their feet to, to, for their dancing. So we need to see their full bodies. Well, it's tap. Exactly. But I think this, there's a great moment. I was, I was watching a YouTube video. It's a, it's a Dick Cavett interview with Ian McKellen. William McKellen's really young, and he asks him the difference between movie actors and theater actors. And McKellen basically says, one, it's the camera. So the camera is focused either on your face or on your body or certain things, and you don't have to act with your full body. And you can do whatever you want. You can tap your feet and do whatever, and it doesn't matter. But when it's the full stage that you have to have your full body in complete control. And if you betray that, you know, if you start tapping your feet, it looks like you're nervous when you don't necessarily want to do that. So he, he just completely different things, but I just love the way he breaks it down. So check that YouTube uh, clip out. Ian McKellen on the Dick Show. Um, I love the jazz singer stuff. There was a moment where they had blackface and I was really uncomfortable. And yeah. I was like, oh, come on. I think I have to do this. But they did it as soon as they made fun of the jazz singer. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. You're calling out the jazz singer maybe a little bit, ribbing them a little bit. 
thing that you know they maybe don't deserve the uh, the attention it's getting, and maybe I think that may be a bit uh, generous. I'm yeah, getting that's, being that's generous. kind of generous. Yeah. I could I, see it going either way, but I I tend to lean more towards racism. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't really call this movie like any any great woke. It's it also wasn't, it wasn't obscenely racist in any way. It was a, I guess it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't breaking down that. walls either. It, it was, was as benign as blackface can be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean you it know. like it's benign. I just mean it, when you're using it to make a point. In, I just, I'm just not convinced. I'm not they sure were. they were yeah. subtle. It's real. Were they? It's, you know, no, no. It, it, if it's they were possible. trying to show the jazz singer in a negative light. In today's context, I can definitely see that being true. In the context of 1952, Two. yeah, I'm not sure that they yeah. were as conscious of that. Yeah. I'd like to think so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because I, I mean, I mean, if that was the case, wouldn't they also just hire a black actor to be somewhere in the film? Mm. That's way too. Perhaps. I mean, That's, maybe yeah. at least one. What did you, you know, think about somewhere? Soul Man, Joey? <laughs> Listen, I can't believe you're. Pe- you can ask me if I beat my wife too. <laughs> well, no. The, the question is, when did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. Um. As I noticed, you just brushed that off. Yeah, I just brushed it off. I don't care. You so, fell down the stairs. I also wanted to, I mentioned, I didn't mention this moment. I loved the silent film that they made fun of, mm. The Royal Rascal. It was so funny. All of the like Robin Hood-esque moments and the way that they just like cut to him when he was saying, speaking the dialogue line silently yeah. and we all kind of quickly laughed. It was just really sweet. And then the corn gold Max Steiner music, they just made fun of the musical cues in Robin Hood. I, I, it was really funny and it was just well, <laughs> well done. And and the good news is, Joey, and you get the chance to cast it today. Uh-oh. So oh. who are you going to cast? Who are you going to cast? In your... Who are you going to cast? Who I don't cast? know anyone who's a really good dancer. George uh, Clooney. Who's who's an actor? We can, they can be oh, trained. I, kn- I don't know. I know who's fucking doing this role. Man. Oh, I think I know actually too. Mr. Wolverine himself. I was going to say, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. He's the only man. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Hugh I think Jackman. he's still a little old for the role, though. A little bit. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, but Unfortunately. yeah, it's the, the closest thing we've got. It's either that it or Donald probably. Glover. I mean, I see. Wait. not quite old enough. So, Donald yeah. Glover? I think. He's like 30. I think, Is he fair? I, I think you just haven't seen him in a while. Uh, okay. <laughs> Guy out there you that think we so? haven't thought about. Oh. Who's this? Because you mentioned. Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. He was in with a younger man in a film recently. Oh. Younger man who's from a high school musical. Oh. <gasps> Could it be Zachary? Hmm. What about Zach Efron, guys? What about what Zach Efron? I, I haven't seen we know him he move. Can, we know he can dance. What about Dwayne the musical? Rock Johnson? Maybe he can be the Cosmo character. Ooh. What? Nah, that... Sorry, you, but you think he's, Efron's he's leading man. I but Efron doesn't I, I have think the gravitas. I don't know if he Kelly. has the gravit. He doesn't have the gravitas of it. No, but also he doesn't. Ha- I don't think he's also Cosmo in this movie either. Wait, so, isn't Zach Efron Scrubs? No, no, that's no, Zach no, you, Braff. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, Zach Braff. same difference. But Zach Braff would make a good Cosmo, perhaps. <laughs> no. So he can move. We he got Zach dance. and Zach. <laughs> the Zachs. The Zachs. In place of the jeans. Yeah, in place of the jeans. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt can dance. Oh. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he, he could make a good Cosmo. Yeah. He's not the lead, could I don't he, think. He doesn't have that sort of like Actually, physical not, comedy yeah. 
yeah. necessary of a Cosmo. Also now, a Frank seen, Sinatra fan, you, you know so he's not going to be great, Gene like, Kelly. As, like, as like a Debbie Reynolds and uh, uh, Gene Kelly combo mm. um, would be uh, uh, like, and, and, and go with me here. Mm. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think that's, that's a good call. Uh, Can we get Chris Walken in there somewhere? Yeah. Mm. Christopher Walken as JP. Donald O'Connor. Ooh. He's very spry. Yeah. yeah. Donald O'Connor's yeah. the actor's name, but okay. I was going to say JP. Is, well, I couldn't remember his fucking name. Cosmo. We just, Cosmo. We just have the, the studio head guy be the go. Cosmo. Yeah. We combine them. Well, and then during the make him <laughs> laugh scene, definitely at some point his girdle would snap and his mm. horrible distended like liver like would that. fly out uh, of his shirt. Goodman's yeah. definitely the studio guy. See, it's funny because he's a terrible alcoholic, uh, Joey. Okay. Or uh, uh, Stephen Root. Stephen Root's a good studio guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm laughing at him. Oh. <laughs> I, I just I delight in making Joey uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fun. That I, I grant you that. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know Eric Stoltz for uh, Eric uh, Stoltz back in it for Gene Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Michael J. Fox as <laughs> as Cosmo. Andrew Day O'Connor. And then you know. Cosmo. Jump in a little Christopher Lloyd as the uh, head of the studio. I like it. And, I like it. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Tay Leone. Tay Leone. In, uh, as, uh, in for uh, 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 the A-flat girl. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think Linda Jean tooth these days. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Julia Roberts for uh, Debbie Reynolds' character. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is Dancer. Yes. That minor character, dancer. dancer. Just as dancer. <laughs> Any of the Emmas you guys want to throw in besides Emma? The, the Emmas are always dancing. The, in the Emmas background. are yeah, always yeah. there. Like, it's a, yeah, it's always the Emmas. Group Emma, of Emmas. What, what Emmas do we have? We, we have Emma, what we got? Emma, Emma Watson, Watson, Emma Roberts, Roberts Emma Stone, Emma, Stone, Stone, Emma uh, Daniels. I don't, Emma Daniels. <laughs> This is Jeff Daniels' daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's left a few her, Making her feature debut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let's continue talking about Emma actors. Coolidge. Guys, yes. let's talk about some of the best actors of uh -oh. that year. Let's talk ah. about the Oscars. Let's do it. The Oscars. Oscar. That was held in this March. 52, 53. March 1953. For 53. The, oh, for the movies from 1952. Yeah. Hosted by none other than Gene Kelly, Bob fucking Hope, mm. Bob Hope, oh. Bob Hope. They yeah, brought man, him he back. Was, he was getting work back yeah. then. Bob Hope was yeah. just a go. He was a he was a regular Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he was a real household name. Like, well, they never hire anybody else. So. Yeah. yeah, they, they should name an airport after that guy, and yep. then they should not, and then they should <laughs> take it back. <laughs> it's the Hollywood one, guys. So yeah, normally, it's so close to Hollywood. Normally, guys, we don't do supporting actor and actress, mm. but I think this time we're going to make an uh -oh. exception. Uh -oh. Okay. oh, shit. Best supporting actor. Here we go. We have Richard Burton, my cousin Rachel, Anthony Quinn, Viva Zapata, Arthur Honeycutt, The Big Sky, Victor McLoggin, The Quiet Man, and Jack Palance <laughs> for sudden fear. I'm going Jack Palance. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, I know he didn't win, but I know you know, one guy. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, can I hear a little? What, what I know he, he didn't win. Sound like if he was doing sudden fear. Got a sudden fear. I'm not gonna, not gonna win this year. Maybe Curly. 
Thanks, Jack. Who were the choices again? Wow, that's pretty good. Anthony Quinn, Richard Burton, Arthur Honeycutt, Victor McLoggin, and Jack Palance. Who was Honeycutt? Honeycutt. Guy's a loser. Tim, what's your guess? Uh, <laughs> Kenny Loggins. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go for Vic McLoggins. Who Vic gives a Vic. shit? It's Anthony Quinn. He won. Uh, Anthony yeah. Quinn. Good for yeah. Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn. I know Anthony Quinn from like a, a Family Guy joke. I think. Uh, I I know him from that song. Not seen nothing like the Mighty, Mighty Anthony Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Mighty Anthony Quinn. You know that yeah. movie about the ape? Yep. That's the one. Come on without. Come on within. Anywho. <laughs> Do you, uh, okay, Best Supporting Actress. Jean Hagen, Singing in the Rain. Fuck. Colette Marchand, Moulin Rouge, Terry Moore, Come Back Little Sheba, Thelma Ritter with Song in My Heart, and Gloria Graham, The Bad and the Beautiful. I'm going this one, because why the fuck not? Ones? Colette Marchand, Moulin Rouge, Terry Moore, Come Back Little Sheba, Thelma Ritter, Jean Hagen, Gloria Graham. Moulin Rouge. Thelma Colette. Ritter. You're all wrong. It's Gloria Graham for The Bad and the Beautiful. God, fuck, I was going to guess that first, Gloria. and then I didn't. I just want to show you that Gene Hagen was nominated. Who cares? Best Actress, Joan uh-huh. Crawford. Sudden Fear. Betty Davis, the star, Julie Harris, the member of The Wedding, Susan Hayward with A Song in My Heart, and Shirley Booth, Come Back, Little Sheba. Sudden Fear. Yeah, I'd go Sudden Fear, too. Joan yeah. Crawford? I know it's not Betty Page. <laughs> the answer is Shirley Booth, Come Back, Little Sheba. Uh, Dang. Mm. All right, great. This one's good. Best actor. Alec Guinness, The Lavender Hill Mob. Jose Ferrer, Moulin Rouge. Kirk Douglas, The Bad and the Beautiful. Gary Cooper, High Noon. Marlon Brando, Viva Zapata. Going Cooper. He probably didn't win, but I'm going Cooper. Yeah, I want to go Cooper, but I'm going to go Brando. Give me Obi-Wan. Alec Guinness, the answer is actually Gary Cooper. Yeah! Yeah! Marshall Marshall Will Kane. I just wanted to show you guys that I knew who Will Kane was. That's such a good movie. I really want to watch High Noon right now. It's a really good movie. God, High Noon's good. Okay. Is High Noon good? It's It's really good. It's fucking wonderful. It's good. So that was a future show. Gary Cooper? Gary Cooper. We don't watch good movies here. We watch Stagecoach. Gary Cooper. Speaking of Stagecoach, Best Director, nomination, John Ford, The Quiet Man, Joseph Mankovich, Five Fingers, Cecil B. DeMille, Greatest Show on Earth, Fred Zinneman, High Noon, John Huston, Moulin Rouge. Greatest Show on Earth. John Huston. I'll go Zimmerman. Answer is John Ford, The Quiet Man. Oh, shit. Fuck. How can The Greatest Show on Earth not win? How can the greatest, show, greatest <laughs> show on Earth? Oh, because well, John Ford Well, now we have <laughs> the best motion picture. Here we go. The Quiet Man by John Ford. Oh, I'll just say that. The Quiet Man. <clears throat> Ivanhoe. High Noon. Moulin Rouge. Greatest show on earth. Ivanhoe. I'll go in High Noon still. Sticking. I'm going to uh, go with The Quiet Man. There is The Greatest Show on Earth. Oh, I should have stuck with my initial logic. This is one of the it's biggest... Bullshit. Piece of shit snubs of all time <laughs> that High Noon didn't goddamn win right. this award. <laughs> Correct. Goddamn shame. High Noon is a wonderful movie. Yeah. We're going to watch it eventually. That was for your microphone etiquette there. Yeah. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just a boo, boo for I'll Greatest Show on Earth winning. Yeah. You boo me all the time. Uh, so any other uh, miscellaneous stuff you guys want to talk about before we move the fuck on here? Does anybody have any errata? None. Any apologies, Joey? Yeah. I already apologized for my burner. Damn. What? 
Movie's basically what? Errata. Yeah. Tim's hot take. Yeah. yeah. Means I think it's hot garbage. Damn. Mm. <laughs> Ratings coming later. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we will move on to some IMDb reviews. I'll pick one that's good, one that's bad. That way everybody gets one that's fair, and I'm going to touch on one of the things. Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced, <laughs> and one of the things which me and me and Tim have problems with mm-hmm. that's in the fair one, and somebody defends it. So, okay. do you want to do the fair one first? Let's sure. do the fair one first. Let's, let's do the fair, fair one let's first. Let's be fair. What's fair is following what's let's, let's fair. Do, let's do, uh, yeah. So, uh, E.C. Jones, 1951, probably when he was born. Mm. Uh, on September 2005, 10 out of 10, the divine Miss Therese. I'm going to confine my comments about singing in the rain to the Broadway rhythm sequence <laughs> where Shiz Cerise stills the movie without saying a word. In my view, Cerise, who is gorgeous at 83... Uh, was the quintessential movie dancer of the 1950s. Her height, elegance, aloofness, and those impossibly long legs, along with an uncanny ability to match her style to that of her partner, makes watching her dance a mesmerizing experience. Many have said that the two numbers in Singing in the Rain that feature Cherise probably belong in another movie. I don't know, as the flapper in Jade... uh, I don't know. As the flapper in Jade, she sexes up Kelly's rube character to a steamy height, unusual in movies of that era. In a dance full of wonderful moves, my favorite comes after she's left him with her cigarette holder. She sashays away from him, blowing on her nails in studied boredom. Man, this person is a Yeah, this writer. guy's like really pulling this his horn a, about, wow, about yeah. this uh, girl. Uh, she's Go gotten see. some distance. She may, This may be actually her writing. <laughs> <laughs> she's gotten some distance away, and as she tosses her right hand back, he throws down the cigarette holder, grabs her hand, and brings her flying up to his chest, where she proceeds to slide down Kelly's thigh to the floor for one of several prone positions she takes during this duet. From which she returns to a standing position with amazing grace. I'm not wild about dances that rely heavily on props, but this one does so very effectively. They're amusing and they reinforce character. And thank heaven for the artistic control that allowed Kelly to keep this crazy veil number in the picture. Charisse has discussed that dance where she got to show off her early ballet Training, most charmingly for a word-of-mouth feature on TCM. Mm. Yeah, that's Turner Classic Movies, guys. Wow. Yeah. Is that what that means? Yes. Uh, she and others have noted over the years that the wind machine required to keep that impossibly long veil moving and undulating between undulating. and above her and Kelly made filming a nightmare, but <laughs> it looks effortless on a set that is a subtle il- optical illusion, not as deep nor as sloped as it may appear to be. Both dances in the same way. Whether she's a cheap gangster's mall in garish green or a Grecian goddess. Not actually an extra S. I just yeah, I definitely to, agree that uh, both yeah. those feel like okay, they should be in different please. movies. In white. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Less, I'm almost done. Less obviously in a mobster's sway, Sharice is invariably lured back to reality 
by preferred uh, baubles and menacingly tossed coins. But at the end of, of the crazy veil number, she's the one tossing the coins. Wonderful. 70 out of 102 found this helpful. So let's dissect that a little yes. bit. In order to really love this movie and find it to be, as EC1951 ejaculated on the screen there, a 10 out of 10, mm. you have to stop looking at the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and just look at these two dance numbers that belong in a different movie. Let me cut out the parts that I like because this movie is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to see the maybe the good in the sequences that don't. Also, I, we'll I hope that we'll, EC1951 we'll has found what he's looking for. Um, um, you know, plenty of fish. Maybe. Okay, Cupid. Probably. Farmers uh, only. Farmers only. <laughs> farmers yeah, that's, only. That's clearly the site that that's going to be on. The lonely dude. Yeah. Uh, so, Lavas Sar, one star out of 10. Mm. Awful. Let's hear it. Uh, I know this is going to be contentious, but I hated this film. I'm a fan of musicals, but this is by far the worst musical I've ever seen. I only carried on after the first half hour because my wife came to watch and ridicule it with me. Otherwise, I could not have taken any more. I found it so boring that I didn't care one bit what the ending was going to be. I was ready to go out for dinner, but my wife said she was at least curious to know the ending. It's musicals like Singing in the Rain that help give musicals a bad rep amongst the young, in my opinion. People bursting into cheesy, pointless songs with ridiculous, goofy expressions on their face while doing slapstick dance routines that make you want to cringe with embarrassment. It was also silly, over-the-top acting at every turn, Cosmos clowning around downright embarrassing, and some of the cheesiest effects imaginable in the dance routines— uh, as far as being comedy, there's more good humor in the first five minutes of Phantom of the Opera than in <laughs> is in than there is in Singing in the Rain. I disagree with that. I've never seen Phantom. I, I disagree with that though. Uh, Isn't Phantom all tragedy? Is there any what year's, laughing? What year's Phantom? He's uh, being a douche. Yeah, that's right. I think he's being, yeah. Uh, the only in scene Phantom of the Opera. The only scene Could of, be funny. I don't know. of any it worth. Ain't. It at all is the it's title hilarious. song, which is understandably a classic scene, but the film itself is just horrible, embodies everything I don't like about old musicals, another classic movie I hope I never have to sit through again. Ugh. And then he actually ends up giving it two out of ten stars in the final thing, even though oh, wow. he rated wow. it one out of ten. So he bumped it up uh because of this. Yes. Well, title I mean sequence. he got you know, he got his rant out. Yeah. He said 20, what he wanted. Twenty out know. of fifty eight found that helpful. Well, I do have the uh, random thought of errata, so I'll throw it out here. Mm -hmm. um, the the classic singing in the rain scene was also recreated by another filmmaker that we've been uh, looking at recently. Uh, Mr. Stanley Kubrick took a stab at it. Mm. Um, if you clockwork orange, um, I was. Wondering now that you've seen that, does that have any sort of bearing on your your taste for Clockwork Orange's reprisal of it? Well, I've always loved Clockwork Orange. I, I always just took it as simple irony in music. Mm. Just this is contrasting to what he's doing. Uh, it does have a little more meaning now, definitely, um, because he's like you know 
chivalrously courting a woman and, and obviously main dude alex alex is yeah. uh you know ultra violently raping someone so i do like i like the contrast i think it draws attention to things so it is nice and kubrick is the genius of that i mean kubrick's the master yeah. of using contrast in music so yeah it, it does add a little more i think well, yeah curious i i i often well i really can't watch this movie in that scene anymore without seeing the scene kind of in my head side by side so they are kind of like interlinked in my movie brain right now and that is like to me just that the like they are both experiencing the same amount of joy and they are both like, you know, going through almost the same emotions. It's just different causes for each of those characters, which is the horrific part of the clockwork version, which is, no, I, I mean that to me, that's, you know, the like singing in the rain, this scene specifically is kind of like the quintessential know a symbol for happiness and like joy and love and just kind of like sporadic you know uh joy in the universe but, it, but and, it's joy in the face of rain mm-hmm. it's joy in the face of terror and that's what's interesting about the yeah. clockwork orange thing is that he is trying to force the enjoyment in the face of the insanity he's going through um but no okay oh well, let's, uh, let's talk uh, about clockwork orange later i just want yeah i just want to move on to one more thing because i talked about the Talked about the the way the the music kind of ties the visuals, mm. and I definitely feel when I hear Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, I always mm. go back to that. And I think it's fascinating how maybe you could be attached to a song, and then you see it in the movie, and then now the movie is now attached to that totally. song. Yeah. You could listen to Phil Collins in your eyes, <laughs> yeah, a million times, exactly. But then you know you hear Miserloo, and you're instantly transported to, to Pulp Fiction. Or, mm. um, but I think that uh, that's just the power of visuals in film and, and the music yeah. in film. Okay, are we getting there? We we finally passed your errata. Let's Sorry, get to man. the no no. I I yeah okay. I thought Fuck there was something errata. interesting about films. I, think, I was not oh, being critical. Me, I, liked, liked your, I liked your errata. <laughs> it, was a good, it was very keep, good errata show. Keep your hands off errata. my errata. There were some great lines in this movie we didn't really get to talk about. There was a, my favorite line in the whole movie is uh, it was right in the beginning, um, and this is I just kind of have like a gallows sense of humor. Um, but uh, the, the he, it was uh, the the premiere of the film that they were opening on, and uh, he he was particularly dashing. And one of the women in the audience said something to the effect of just like, "Oh, he's so enchanting, I should kill myself." Yeah, I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was great. No, she was talking about the woman. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she's talking about Lena. She said she's so refined. I think I'll kill myself. <laughs> That's so and good. You, That's a great joke. Yeah, you, uh, everyone laughed at that. But um, to me, I, I, well, I just started thinking about like the way he, kids today use the phrase, I'm dead. Um, you know, I think it was a, you know, I think we took it more sensitively than they would have in the context of the time of day. Sure. Uh, Sean Faw loved the line, call me a cab. <laughs> All right, you're a cab. <laughs> that again, his favorite line of the movie. Love that. <laughs> that's it's right up his alley. You make think, those jokes, Sean. We'll give you a ten out of ten. I think they reused that in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on. Let's rate this thing, Derek. Let's start with the, the pain. Let's let's get the torture out of the way. How do you rate this film? Uh, seven out of twelve. Oh wow, yeah, it's over fifty yeah. percent. Classic. Classic. 
it's a classic of uh, you know, whatever these musical things are. Um, <laughs> Movies? I mean, the okay, so it has its flaws. It's technically accomplished. I will give it that. Uh it does have its moment of entertainment. I'll give it that too. Moment. Uh mo- <laughs> no, I'd say moments. There's a few times in which I like, you know, cracked a smile or whatever. I don't think that it I don't think that it lives up to the test of one saying that film should be about story because <laughs> this is not about story. This is about fun, technical aspects and maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe fun in a sense. But I think, I think that, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's an entertainment. It is purely that. I don't think that there are, I think that, might see some layers you might be able to talk about some layers but it's only layers of fun it's not really mm-hmm. not really depth in the traditional sense and i think it's more i would say more modern depth as in like meme culture depth the idea like everything is sort of like um referential and like tongue-in-cheek and self-deprecating to yeah. the film industry in Hollywood in general. There yeah. is there is a depth if you know filmmaking and you I know just, Hollywood. The thing that I that I want to think about, thought about when I was watching it, saying like, okay, if these dance numbers were replaced with a shot on a single frame for the runtime of those dance numbers. And then that was the film, right? So we cut out all the dance numbers and we just have like maybe a static shot of like a uh, interior of somebody's house and like nothing's really going on. Maybe somebody's sitting there doing nothing. How many people would consider that then boring? And what would the equivalent of that film be? You know, what would the equivalent of that film be. And I think that that to me is kind of telling in a sense for the depth of it. You know what I mean? I, d- I disagree. Yeah, you I disagree? think it's a really false analogy. I, uh, I do too. I, I don't think it's, I, it's not an analogy in the sense of I just visually I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying like, okay, because I personally find Dancing boring. Right, right. I, I personally find that. So then I say that, okay, well, let me do something that you guys would find boring and let me put that there. That's and universally boring. What, right. And that's, that, to me, I think that's where the right. false that's analogy uni- comes in. You think in. dancing that's, is universally boring? I don't think it's universally boring. I'm saying I'm, I, the idea is to You want to make everyone feel what you felt. The, yeah. If you guys felt the same way I did, would you still watch this film? No, obviously not. That's, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's cool. how art, that's how art works. <laughs> like the, the decisions that you make and you decide to put on screen are going to work for some people and not going to work for others. And if you go into a movie like this, just being yeah. opposed to musicals and the constructs and the structure of them, then yeah, you're going to find them boring. Gotcha. You're going to turn your brain off. But if you go into this, you know, sort of, understanding what a musical entails as far as the the structure of that as an art form then that allows you at least to possibly enjoy it on the level that it's intended to be enjoyed it's you know it's not a documentary it's not a fucking 
uh, true to life, you know, uh, yeah. reality story. I just don't think it has enough story is my point. Right, right. And, and I, I totally- There's not much story there I, at all. Yeah, I totally understand that. And yeah. I, I, you know, there are many, many musicals where I feel exactly that. And there's even a few numbers in this movie where I feel completely disconnected from what's going on and my brain turns off. But I do think it is entertaining enough to at least keep me engaged. And that is, um, you know, me knowing nothing about dancing or music in general. Like it is, you know, it's, I, I, it it comes down to personal taste. Obviously, since we're talking about personal taste, I guess. Why don't you go? I'm sorry. I mean, well, with my rating, it is my personal taste. So. I'm, I'm just no. Like you're, you're not entitled to your personal there. taste. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Right? I'm saying your, yeah, your personal yeah, taste I have is to wrong. Agree to. You guys should fight. I'm trying. Yeah, we to. should fight. He's <laughs> trying to fight. It's not working. He's trying to fight with me. No, Sean. Let's. I want to hear your personal taste. Let's just go ahead and rate it. Yeah, no, Sean. No. I'm just going based upon something Sean has said previously too. That story is the most important thing. Right, right. When we watched, when we watched Seventh Seal, I think it depends on the genre of film, doesn't it? Don't yeah. you? I, think, I, I don't know. Let's I, move, just, I don't, don't want to talk. It's, yeah. I'm talking over your, you oh, guys should I just, give your I just, Yeah. I just, um, I just think that Dory, like, I think that if you enjoy this, then story is not necessarily the most important thing, right? There's something more to it than that. Analysis, and you know, mm-hmm. the personal analysis of, of that, uh, for me, also, I, I wouldn't say that story is my most important thing. I don't necessarily say that. Mm-hmm. I say with this, that that is the weak point of this movie. Sure. And that's why I don't stay engaged. Mm-hmm. But So I'm interested now in your take. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Just, I just took umbrage with your replacing your boredom with something that is universally boring. So, you know, if you were to say, hey, let's replace those, those musical numbers with NASCAR, then there would be a certain percentage of the audience that would be engaged in those okay. NASCAR races, but that is not something that would be universally unengaging okay. to everyone. I, and I, I don't know that necessarily a static shot for a certain amount of time is universally boring. There are people <laughs> who, there's, there's it depends on like what it's of, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then also, I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of the whole thing of like somebody, you know, I think it was Belatar who said that if you point a camera is at something, uh, <laughs> if you point a camera at something that, something has to happen that a f- there there is no film in which nothing happens mm-hmm. that inherently that's kind of one of the problems is that you can actually not make you you can it's an impossibility to not have something happen right is dancing not something though i mean it's not story necessarily but it is no, and, and it's, color and and shape it, yeah, and- it's, it's something but i was just saying like if i replaced it with just a static shot would into it like are people taking the technical aspects of that and i mean they're enjoying it for technical purposes or something like that you know if it was a frame of ansel adams yeah you could probably stare at it for 10 minutes and find enjoyment in that whole thing especially if the right music was behind it but i digress um in general i would give this about a four out of five stars um, I do find it enjoyable, uh, lack of story aside. I do um, enjoy when it's on and, you know, just seeing people happy and telling jokes and having fun is what this to me is about. There is enough of a story in it in that I really like the idea of the history of Hollywood being told. And it is a very 
you know, it, like, like we said, this could be cut down to 25 minutes of an actual movie if you cut out all of the music. But I think that is kind of the, the point of the genre. Um, again, I'm not a huge musical fan in general, but I think that is something that could be said of almost all musicals, that if you cut well, out the musical numbers, there is very little left over. I think they could still be more tied to the story. There, oh, this could you have know? been way deeper. It's a very superficial story and very... I, Derek, I think... Uh, sh- uh, Let's go for it. Well, there's definitely a few musical numbers that are shoehorned in. I was mm-hmm. reading about a few of them. Mm-hmm. They literally were shoehorned in, you know, yeah. production-wise. Well, and I didn't know that, so yeah. I'm sensing that from the movie, yeah. totally right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I think you're right in that if you can ignore those and just focus on the aesthetics, good, You you more power to you. It's tough, I guess, for someone who does love story as much as you. You're right. There might be story isn't always the most important thing, mm-hmm. but- I would actually argue, and maybe I should wait till I talk, but I do think the story was good enough for me. And I actually want to argue that I think there was a good story here um, about people kind of achieving their goals and overcoming their own uh, egos. Uh, I think that Gene Kelly's character did a great job of kind of humbling himself by learning from Kathy. And Kathy, you know, not only that, springboarded her own career by simply just holding her ground and working hard and, and being a good voice and being an extra and then doing some voice acting and working her way towards the big time. So I just think it was, it was a nice story. Uh, maybe simple, it, but it's, it was simple for sure. And yeah. maybe it wasn't as complicated as the ones we've been seeing for no, no doubt. And it's not as deep, uh, cause there's not talking about world war two, but it but does, very few musicals are going to be that deep. I agree. And I think that is as, as much as any musical, I mean, it's not West Side Story because it's not copying, you know, Hamlet or whatever the fuck it or I'm sorry, Romeo and Juliet. Um I would I I would venture to guess that possibly part of it is that the musical numbers don't or I should say the lyrics of the musical numbers don't really in any way foster the story. So there are many musicals where the music written or the words spoken are more operatic, where they are telling the story or having dialogue or furthering things throughout. Whereas most of the musical numbers in these were music breaks. They yeah. were, you I know, think they, they varied a little bit because some some are actually like someone discussing how they feel, and then there's also some that don't really discuss that at all, right? Mm. Um, I think that the ones, and and it's kind of weird because just a blend. I I like when it starts. I like when it starts how the musical numbers in it are musical numbers that are being performed. Like we do the whole, you know, flashback of them doing right, a right. musical number, basically. It's actually happening in the real world. It's not like a bunch of people just all of a sudden start dancing for no yeah. reason. And yeah. if it was totally like that, mm-hmm. I mean, it might be, it might be, those might have more weight for me, sure. I guess, because we're actually seeing them do kind of performances. Right. And I'm pretty sure the ones that ruin it are the ones that Joey is going to say were jammed in because yeah. of the weird production in with the other lady that the guy was talking about. Probably. The Beautiful Girls one obviously was shoehorned in, and I believe the other one was the Broadway one that was shoehorned in. Those two. Hmm. Which are the two that Did it say, like, why or... Oh, Make Them Laugh, actually. Okay, let me... Yeah, Make Them Laugh was added... Uh... 
talk while I'm doing this. <laughs> it's all right. Joey's reading everyone. In yeah, the meantime, exactly. I'm trying. If you trying listen to... very closely, you can hear his brain ticking. It's, yeah, we're it's the end of the show, so we're kind of out of things to talk about. Which is Some yeah. say that it's the sound of like... tiny elves <laughs> hammering out ideas in his head. I was going to try and get something. Oh, okay. The, the wedding of the painted dolls, <clears throat> which was, I guess, the beautiful... Sounds like an episode of Game of Thrones. The beautiful thing it does. Oh, the, when we go uh, through and see the each, each little setup. Each, yeah, of the, setup. Yeah. Uh, that was painfully wedged in, obviously. And it's yeah. supposedly a cheering up song. It was supposedly was replaced with a new song, Make Them Laugh. But they're both in there. And they're in completely different places in the movie. And yeah. I don't quite understand. I guess I probably should have done more research on which one was shoehorned in. But it feels like that both of them were shoehorned in. But Make Them Laugh does stand on its own. It's just funny. It's just cute. But I, I like the overall idea. It's sweet. It's just, you know, we're here for a reason to entertain you. Uh, maybe it doesn't have enough story, Derek. Yeah, it but, doesn't have enough story. <laughs> but it, it did the job for me. So uh, I'm going to simply rate an eight and a half out of 10. Uh, very high for me. Yeah. Uh, it's enjoyable. I laughed a lot. The music was great. I could listen to this CD in my car. Uh, I love the acting. Eight and a half. Not perfect, obviously, but definitely my... My second favorite besides A Man Escaped so far. Really? Wow. Really? Tim, please tell us everything I just said was wrong. <sighs> so you'd like, to, you'd like to know what my rating of the film would be. What's the idea? Were I to rate it. Mm -hmm. And I would rate this film as wax fruit. You know, because there's something to be appreciated, but there's really nothing to be consumed. <laughs> nice. That's very articulate, sir. And that's all I have to say about that. No, that's all you need to say. I think that really kind of sums it up. Is yeah, wax fruit. I'll, I'll subscribe to your wax fruit. Yeah, I love it, but you know it is very yeah, fat. Enjoyable one. Looks in a good while. on a table. You know, I mean, like I when mm -hmm. I saw the Rockettes mm -hmm. not too long ago, and that was fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's fine. It is okay. I'd say this is better than the Rockettes. This is more entertaining than the Rockettes. Tim, do you Have like you seen the Rockettes? Not since I was like five, but yeah. Tim, let's dig in a little here. Do you like musicals? <laughs> do I like musicals? Let's see. Are there any other musicals you like? Is Empire Records a musical? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I like tap dance. I think tap <laughs> dance is fun. Gregory Peck. Were you bored during the dance scenes? Uh, it's a yes or no question. There were a couple of them. Well, is it? There's a lot of dance scenes. It's, yeah, there's, 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 there's some which are fine and yeah. some which yeah, there are was some, too long. There was some where it's just like, oh, this adds to the story. And then there was some where it's just like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's sure doing it. <laughs> yeah, oh, good job there. Oh. I think some of the modern dance ones were superfluous. Yeah, definitely. I thought they were gorgeous. I, I just really thought did. the movie was superfluous. Damn. You know, it's a film podcast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Film. Yeah. Cinema. Th this is not a film. An articulation There's, of what it, we're all going through in film. this mortal coil. Yeah. I think a lot of people dream of Hollywood, okay? The, the, especially in the 50s, a lot of women, a lot of men dreamed of becoming actors and stars. And it speaks to that. It's a fine enough piece of entertainment. Yeah, I also, I think Joey's got a point. I think we are jaded in being in LA and Hollywood. Like our perception of the industry is 
different than the normies out there. Yeah, I, I wonder land. too. I wonder too. Maybe if because also there's some of the stuff in that we're jaded, but also there's some of the stuff which we might be more interested in yeah. because of it. Yeah. So it might be a combination of the two things. Totally. We may be like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And like yeah. most people will watch and be like, oh, let's I care get about to the dance numbers. Yeah. What the like heck the, is like this? Like the sound oh. jokes and yeah. all the yeah, like, kind of the, the in see, jokes about like the difference between making a, a, a I silent think, picture. Do you think a, that scene where she's, you know, got the microphone in the bush, do you think that scene works with today's audience? Kids today? You think I mean, it wouldn't that? like, I mean, it works because there's physical comedy, right? Yeah. So like- yeah, it, if we had a movie where it was established that that was the world, sure. Like, I think if you were doing a movie about someone that worked on a TV show and you did that gag and like it was just someone that was totally stupid and couldn't like you kept moving the mic around on them, yeah. I think you could get away with kind that of a gag. Three Stooges esque sort of a thing, you know, and that's always going to play. I agree. I think that's why this movie should be seen by think, today's audience. I think that. Uh, they should watch parts of it. I think they should gather up yeah. all the copies of it and burn them. <laughs> Maybe they, they should watch the singing in a rain part, the dance. Yeah. That, I mean, it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine not, for them to watch. Fine. It's, you know, it's it was, a joy. I and you guys Rockettes are joyless cynics. That's the I truth. I saw this no, and it was no. fine. Usually that's joyless my job. Cynics. And I can't believe Sean Faw is on my side. Not only was I surprised, because this I is a Sean Faw pick as well. I thought he would be. Yeah, yeah. I... I think that surprised that you like it this much. <laughs> again, it also kind of lends itself to like, how do you want to spend your your hour and forty two minutes? Yeah, you know yeah. that's really how 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 it, what it comes down to. Yeah, and Hearing gorgeous harmonies and funny. Songs. Yeah, and if you yeah. enjoy I mean, gorgeous harmonies, more elevator, power you know? to you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, one scene I I think that was amazing we didn't mention actually speaking of harmonies is the fiddle scene. When they, I thought that was great. It reminded me of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. Just the great. Yeah, I was fine with that one. Yeah. That one was like, uh, that's one of the numbers that I part was more of the story. fine with because it's part <laughs> of the story. Again, one of oh, the yeah. many that are part of the story. We just kept harping on the two. One that of were the not. several that are part of the story. Yeah. Well, there's only like 10 songs, and I would say two of them are out of place. I still think two also, too. I still uh, think, I think also like uh, trying to do a character change through a song is also pretty weak, too. I got to say. Like, uh, for instance, when she falls in love with him, when he's singing to her, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. I think that's a cop out. I think that's too easy. I think it, it doesn't work story wise because suddenly she just changes her mind. I never got I the impression that's what was going yeah, I didn't on. Think he changed her mind immediately. I thought it took a little time. Right during the song. Oh, yeah, what the I'm song did. Like, you know, oh, I never got the song. impression that yeah. she it was changing the mind. I thought it was just her putting up a front, not wanting to be all the other girls. But like she subscribed to all the magazines. She knew who he was. She was just hiding it. Like she she was like, playing coy. Yeah, yeah she, because he didn't have to seduce her. Like that was like to, when she let down her guard. It comes down to like. The kind of thing of like, okay, so she thinks she realizes he's famous. That means that she's interested in him. Like, no, I think the the singing was like the key that was this is the humanity in him. So you know she knows him as the the big star, which is why her defenses are up. But then the singing is you know kind of the you know hey I'm actually a real person. I know it's letting a weird, his armor down exactly. Yeah. So yeah. He, so she because right before that too also. She mentions uh, that he's an item with the 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 Lena. Lena, basically, and he's like, "Oh no, you don't know, don't believe the tabloids and everything." Yeah. 
Um, so through the song, then she's there, or after he says that he's taken her, she's taken his word for it. And then I don't right. know. It's, I just thought that it's, it's it right. seems Tim's to about to die. Be, so we have to stop. Yeah, no, no, no. We, I was deep. I was dying. lost in thought. He's lost in thought. <laughs> he's thinking, what are yeah. you thinking, Tim? Tell he, us. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was internally trying to defend the fact that I like Empire Records a lot, and I think that this movie's a pile of shit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I was having Eventually a deep philosophical discussion in my head about why I... <laughs> like uh, Empire Records? Yeah, I mean, you know, because I do. They are definitely going to have to do, do Empire Records at Eventually, some point. Eventually, once we work point. our once ways. Once we get to the 90s, yeah. you know, we got we <laughs> yeah. got a lot of Billy Jack like, movies to get through before we get to Empire Records. Let me Records, ask you, fellas. before we die, we'll get there probably. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say one more thing in defense of this movie, because you keep shitting on it. I really want to say, I, I think another <laughs> well, great- garbage. Jesus. going to cry. A great theme. <laughs> a great theme. Is authenticity. Huh. And it shows that- Gene Kelly's character stripped away his facade of being this Hollywood macho man. And she taught him that being an authentic actor was actually something he was not doing. And he realized that she taught him that being authentic and being true to yourself, hold on, was was also part of her story and that she was the true voice behind the actual singing in the character. She's the authenticity that brings him. I like this. Well, no, 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 finish your thought. My point is that in the end, the Singing in the Rain movie is the true movie because it's about the love story between two actual people who actually are in love, not the false love story between Lena and Gene Kelly. So I want to take your rebut. brain out of your head and watch the movie that you saw because <laughs> that's rebut. not the movie that's this. In the cinematic no, world I agree with Joey. of I Eric Clapton's yes. apartment, Singing in the Rain is an open window. You're just forcing it. That was a good metaphor for how yeah. a lot of the dance sequences in this film felt. Yeah. <laughs> Shoved through a window. It, yeah, it was, just, it was just pushed in there. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I mean, if God love you, if that's there, I don't see it. Yeah. I just do not see that layer. I just, I really, think you guys are working see, really hard. I think you're working really hard to say Sorry, there's something that's not yeah, there. You I mean, enjoyed it. Yes, it. Drink again. Drink again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the climax. Let's well, talk about the finale. I think the brain's turned off too much from the songs. Like, I think so too. I think the ending. Okay, let's talk about the, the the wonderful shot behind the curtain when we see both of them singing at the same time. What a great juxtaposition. Drink again is that because you're seeing the authenticity behind the fake actor. And then in the end, they reveal the curtain behind her and the plan is showing you this is the woman. And then as she runs out and she's about to be embarrassed and ruin and run away from Hollywood, the Gene Kelly character learns from his mistakes and sees that the true authentic star of the show was Kathy. And he calls her out in front of the entire audience and says she's the true star of the show. And it shows you that authenticity is the true star of Hollywood. And if you strip everything away. From a lot ver- of gymnastics in there. Yeah, From the very beginning, when he's talking about flipping. dignity, always dignity. That is set up. He's talking about how he is this dignified, regal person with a million-dollar smile and the sparkly eyes. And then they're showing us what's actually happening is him getting his ass kicked through vaudeville, him working his way up through being a stuntman and being pissed on the entire fucking time. Like, there is this... this I, I believe that thing is there the entire time. Like it is established and reinforced throughout their interactions. What do you guys think about the ending when you're seeing that just the, the Lena versus uh, Kathy? You think that, what do you think they're trying to show there? Don't think, um, you don't think you just think it's simple straight ahead? 
Yeah. I think that, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that the, the comeuppance for the antagonist, yeah. all that it really is. Tying up a loose end. But what's, tying up why is she and, the antagonist? What's and her main? tying it up as quick as kind of possible. What's her flaw? Yeah. What's her, why is she the antagonist? What's her main flaw? Vanity. Okay. Selfishness. Uh, again, again. Vanity about being inauthentic. About having her credit being taken away by this other character and being embarrassed because of it. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, I like this movie for the same reason I like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is taking the world and saying, no, this is all bullshit. Everything is a facade. Everything has a double meaning. Everything is different and works differently than you actually expect. And if you see things through the right lens, you see how much bullshit everything actually is. You can sing. Yeah, yeah, and you can through sing and dance rain. and fucking, you know, have some color. You splashy. Round two. Yeah, I just... Don't I still don't yeah. see it? I, I, just, I mean, I I see your like points. You are, Those sound that sounds like a great movie that you guys watched. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was this what one. Was, what was wrong? Like, about you, know it? How, I mean, you know how like when how you're listening what, to somebody defend like a flat Earth argument, and you're like, how does yeah. it sound like they're making a good point? Yeah, yeah. Totally. tell yeah. me what what was the, where was the lie? Where what, what what did I say that was incorrect? They just didn't feel engaged. Yeah, I think that's I just, the big point. I, I think it's that you're not, seeing something yeah. that's. I think you're projecting uh, some some thought that may not have necessarily been put into the in really? my my count yeah. my counter counter argument One of those classic would be, like just oh i'm glad you caught that you know sort of yeah and i, I think you guys were just uh, already turned off by the music that when that cuts out and goes into the scenes that are actually about those things that you're just not caring enough about anything i think the substance all. of the film while there was so few and far between Right, the, you were just turned off to it in general. It was just, I don't know, you know. You didn't, you didn't empathize with Gene Kelly at all? You didn't think he was a nice, you didn't want to... I thought he was a swell enough guy. But did, what, didn't you see his growth over the time? <laughs> no, you, did you say no? You don't see his you growth? You can say no, it's fine. Well, no, but like if I felt no, I would have said no. What I felt was... Use, <laughs> use your words. What does that like mean? Like a big boy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't built for radio. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's so many other movies that are also about a facade, like yeah, sure. about the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah maybe I, even tell it a better way. I can't you know? say, like I maybe if you don't like music, it's possible. But this is appealing to certain people who it's love a Hollywood good entertainment for people who love musicals. So that is what it is. Who who was Gene Kelly in the beginning? Like I, I at the risk of Hollywood being redundant. Douchebag. Okay, Errol he Flynn. was. Yeah. You don't think Errol he was kind of like thumbing his nose at Hollywood the entire time? Well, he he was, but he was it's playing along. Yeah. He was playing the game. And at the end, he wasn't playing the game. No. Well, he he literally tore down the curtain and said, "This is the facade. This is the real. This is the reality." So how do we know that he wasn't like? Uh, if this he happens, was, I, I'm tied with Lena. This is going to ruin me. I need to tie myself to the person who has the real talent. How do you know that that is not just him still being a douchebag? Yeah. And like at the beginning of the film, you see a silent film actor that's but, playing the silent film game. I don't game. think he's and doing it And then over the course to, of the film, he has to become a talkie actor but the movie playing gives, a talkie game. But the it, movie gives you no indication that he has any malice. Yeah, like, come on. You that's crazy. Gives you no because that would be a level. That would be levels. Now that would be levels. You're just seeing. That's what I'm saying. That would be levels. I'm I love just, it. Uh, you know, wax fruit, dude. The idea that Gene Kelly was grooming her to to just 
glob on her back when she became famous is insane. No, 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 no. My thing she is she wasn't like, even going to be in the credits of the movie. No, no, no. My thing is she like was, at that moment no. because he doesn't originally. Hang on, but be. he's unaware. He's unaware anyway before that 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 Lena has tied her to being the voice. He's not aware of that. He thought right. she's going to move on. So you know, I mean, you know. If we're gonna if we're gonna say like if we're gonna say that your point is valid, then this other point could be valid too. It could be like just, I'm just trying to point you know, out that, some growth in his character and that yeah. he learns from being there a might Hollywood. Not be any. I don't know. That okay, there let me is try to explain. Arc, He's know? a Hollywood douchebag who doesn't give a shit about an extra or a BTL or behind uh, below the line, and uh -huh. then all of a sudden he takes this extra under his wing and gives and gives her opportunity, and eventually at the end points out how she is the real talent behind this whole thing. So he's gone from being a complete douchebag to giving all the credit to the extra. You don't think that's growth? I don't know that he. I don't know. That he's any different at the end of the movie. I don't know what yeah. yeah. well, so, How does that not just... The, the problem is I don't think he starts as a big enough douchebag. So really? He's, he's like molesting her in the car. No, no, no. But he's like George Clooney tongue-in-cheek kind of sort of like... Yeah. He is a chauvinist. Yeah. He's still... Main, I think he's a chauvinist. Pretty big creep in the car to her. He puts his arm around. Yeah. The chauvinist through the whole movie. Does he ever change right. being a chauvinist? It slowly becomes better. Right, but I don't <laughs> think at the time that that's what that was meant to imply. At the time, I thought, I think that was meant to imply that he is, you know, just this big star that, like, she is freaking out about no, for no reason. Here's, here's, here's what would sell that for me, your point. Here's what would actually be, like, a big change for him. It is if it is in his detriment to do what he does at the end. True. If that would help. he reveals... I think it she is. is the voice, it's, and then that don't you think that's it's the, not that as is clear. completely detrimental to him. Okay, so the easy way out is to tie himself to Lena and do exactly what he has been doing and just be that star. But he doesn't. He basically throws down Lena. I, I there's not neither route is going to put him in a bad position. So he can either stay with Lena and he's going to be rich, or he can go with this girl What's and he's going to be rich. Right, right. I I, I don't think. I, I think on. Derek's no, no. I, I, you're, you're both right. There is established star, or there is no a small amount of risk, but I don't think it's established or played up anywhere near as much as it could have been to really make that moment actually like a modern day uh, sort of a shining moment of you know this realization sort of thing. It's more of a convenience than it is a uh, revelation or a huge moment in his. You know, it's it's something that he's helping her to do but he's going to be the same either way yeah so no, imagine gonna, okay so imagine it's like this there's two people who are actually doing the voices he can't sing or something and his voice sounds just as annoying and he reveals at the end uh the that she's the voice of lena and this other guy is the voice of him and so it's in his detriment but he is basically taking a bullet yeah for this person's career the that sounds like a good movie if it had, that's had a better a movie ending. I think that's true, but it, it just takes away a lot. I mean, yeah. I think that's a more modern movie. It's, I, I yeah, don't know maybe. that it's. I, I still know. think he's taking a huge risk making this new movie, Singing in the Rain, with a no name actor, right, as right, opposed I, to just continuing this. I just totally agree with Derek that it's not a moment that's really played up. I, His skin I, I in the game it, is not something that you are really even thinking about at that moment, especially because he's already convinced the other two people that he, to be in on it. But that's, so once that's he has. His, 
That's part of his growth, though, is pushing the focus onto the people who have the authentic, authentic talent. Wait, wait, her, the moment exists. I just think, yeah, I, I do agree that it could have been more. Derek just likes that we're fighting and he's not involved. No, me and Derek are just sharing yeah. glances at this point. Just yeah. like, how much lipstick are they going to put on this pig? <laughs> <laughs> God, it's we, like we talked about that reference too because that the greatest reminds musical me of, of all time, every time the fifth now. greatest movie of all time and these guys are just shitting on it because they Indeed. think they're cool it's really yeah. smug no, it's, 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 it's not smugness is, cool. is dripping a lot off your microphone it's, it's, I really, it's no, really they're too good for music yeah so it's Derek just, what are we going to watch next week um, that I haven't decided yet. Jesus I've been fuck. thinking about it. You have had a month. No, <laughs> I've, I've had a month. I've got it between a couple of different things. Um, after this film, though, I, I, I'm thinking about all changing in an audible. It. All in an audible. Wants to punish me. I what? didn't pick this. It was Sean. No, I'm not punishing anybody. All in an audible. No, the, this this podcast was punishment enough. Jesus. Yeah, he's gonna. Pick I mean, somewhere. you ended up being the only one at the end who had a. <laughs> no, I agree with me. Yeah, yeah. For I'm, well, for I'm the most part, the world the agrees with me. Yeah, yeah. Except for the ending. No, thing, I the agree that you can nitpick ending. the this movie to death if you want to, but yes, I also agree exactly. that you can just fucking enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I you could just enjoy it off, and yeah, you could just accept that it's happening. I, and enjoy it. I started by saying this movie is candy. It is not a, you know, a wholesome three-course meal. It is something that you just enjoy. Like, yeah, and if you sit through the whole thing, it'll rot your teeth. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do a recommendation. Well, are you going to tell us what we're going to watch next week, or are you just yeah. going to leave us dangling? I'm going to leave you guys dangling. We're going to dangle. son of a cock. Yeah. So, Let's... any recommendations? Yeah, there's this British history podcast. fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. You know, I listen to it's it before a, I go to uh, bed. The, are we, re we're, we recommend podcasts now on this podcast? <laughs> no, I started doing that last week. Any sort of recommendations. Since you guys no, hated this, is there something else people should watch or listen to? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, um, I mean, uh, um, I don't know. You guys music, ever seen music? Seven? You ever seen... <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> Check out. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I got so I got recommendations on the singing in the rain, like uh, IMDb page, which are pretty funny. I don't know if this is because uh, of some of the other stuff that we've watched clearly and I've looked up, but the recommendations are like Sunset Boulevard, oh, uh, Vertigo, Casablanca. So like three other films that we've done I on think the podcast. It's, I, that, that's probably just target advertising. That's target advertising at this point. You've looked yeah, up I all looked those up. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Joey? Did Joey post that? Yes. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Me and Kevin Coolidge. <laughs> hey. The Home Alone. Actors. This has been a podcast about singing in the rain. Coolidge. <laughs> Brought Man. to you by the Forecast Network. No other Rex. Other such. I mean, I... I at this point, I don't know. Did yeah. I recommend the public yet? The public? Yeah. The public. So uh, there's uh, um, Mr. Emilio Estevez uh, wrote and directed a movie called The Public, which is about librarians and homeless people. It is oh. a really good movie. Um, on my AMC challenge of three movies a week for the last six months or so, it's probably the best one I've seen. Um, ever surprising. Y'all ever seen that, that Joe Pesci movie with honors? Yeah. yeah, Brendan Frazier. Yeah, Frazier. Frazier. Yeah, the Encino Man himself. Yeah, <laughs> man, he would have yeah. been. He, it's a movie about man, almost he could, he could be Gene yeah. Kelly in this movie, huh? Who Joe Pesci? I would have watched that movie. <laughs>
Joe Pesci. Yeah. Good fellas days, Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah. Thank hey, you. Did I, did, I, did I make you laugh? Did I Thank make you. you laugh? Thank you. Um, Joey, next. Uh, I think you should watch this little-known show called Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The you right, can watch, you know, writing show season that, sucks. you know, season one. Yes, season one. One of the actresses is only 12 years old. She's a child. <laughs> She's a child. Jump to season eight. <laughs> Jump to season eight. Very, very What happens? Well, you know, they'll She's fish at the bottom older. of the barrel for plot, <laughs> and they'll find something. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to let you discover what that is on your own. Well, by the time this, by the time this episode comes out, people will have seen what happens in uh in it yeah i think it'll be the exact day of the finale actually oh yeah yes i believe so Uh, it depends on when it gets released if sean releases them every sunday i don't i don't make commitments here recommend the band ghost i'd say we're doing Mm. all right it's like that band i recommend uh uh bumblebee yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's my yeah. favorite Transformer. He's a good Transformer. <laughs> it's definitely the best Transformer movie. I also think that, like, uh, oh, they G- made a Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe is the coolest. One. Yeah? Um, who's the, uh, who's Skeletor? He's pretty cool. Skeletor, I recommend Skeletor. Yeah. Skeletor. Sure. Well, yeah, since you know? we're on recommendations, yeah. be sure to check out all the shows in the podcast. Um, where we got the text before calling, Literally Literary, Going Down in South Park, uh, Paula Tinkering, and the show... Uh, what the fuck is it called? Celluloid Breakdown? Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Recommend oh, Wiener yeah. Schnitzel. You, you know, just, at any point and any day Jesus. of the year, you could go on the internet, you could download a coupon. You could download a coupon. You could go, you get two cards. 